Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk for another week. A packed Monday show coming up. Uh, lots on the Winnipeg Jets who just finished practice this morning and are heading off to D.C. to begin that four-game road trip with a another game tomorrow night for us to talk about. And, um, of course, tons of Jets action this week for a change. Um, four games, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. So uh, lots coming up out of the weekend. Uh, some players coming off the list. Um, a uh, return to the captain today in practice. We'll get to all of that coming up. And of course, the uh, Super Wild Card Weekend is just about in the books. Five of six games have been played. Some wild games on the weekend, um, and some thorough ass kickings as well. Um, we'll talk about all of that coming up over the course of the next twenty-five minutes or so. And Jeff Hamilton will join us. Jeff, of course, was down with the Winnipeg Free Press covering Winnipeg Jets practice. We'll have the latest on the hockey side. And we'll also talk about Jesse Briggs and Jeff Gray getting re-signed with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And we'll see what Hammer can tell us about where things stand with quarterback negotiations with Zach Caleros to get him back in blue and gold. And a little later on in the program, we're going to bring on my partner from the lock shop, Dustin Nielsen. Um, huge weekend for the lock shop. We cashed the partner parlay. Shout out to everyone that rode with us. I know many Winnipeg Sports Talk regulars were in on that. It was nice to see all the tweets on the weekend. And uh, we are we were going head to head on two games. We were the on the same side in four games. And as we go into tonight's action, I'm on Zona. Dusty's on the Rams. He's five and zero. Oh, I'm four and one. So certainly no complaints. But uh, we will talk about football. And unfortunately for him, he's going to have to talk about the Edmonton Oilers as well. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that game on Saturday night, but oh my God! If you thought things couldn't get worse for the Oilers, think again. Try blowing a 3-1 lead after 40 minutes and losing on home ice to the Ottawa Senators. Uh, three days for the city to burn, and then the Oilers get the Florida Panthers on Thursday. So well, we'll get a little bit of NHL talk in there, but we'll probably focus a little bit more on the football with Dustin Nielsen later on. Uh, as we get going, a big shout-out and thanks to the sponsors that make Winnipeg Sports Talk happen each and every day. F Apparel, Vita Health, Culligan Water, Manitoba Battery, Royal Sports, Not Autocorp, Little Brown Jug Brewing, Princess Auto, Boston Pizza, the Nick and Nikki DQ Group, Canadian Club Whiskey, and of course our betting partner over at Cool Bet Canada. Let's get right into it. Welcome to everybody watching on YouTube. Shout out to everyone listening on the podcast. If you ever do have a chance to uh, rate and review on Spotify or Apple, it certainly helps us. Give us a five-star rating, maybe a little blurb about the show. Really do appreciate that. And of course, if you're with us live on YouTube, make sure you have hit the red subscribe button and join us every day live at one o'clock. Remo, how's the weekend? What's going on? Yeah, it was a great weekend filled with a, a ton of football. I'm kind of liking the um, one game at a time. You know, usually I just watch Red Zone. and. Um, you know, you kind of see just spits and pieces, but, you know, with great playoff, meaningful games with the, you know, you didn't have anyone on the COVID list somehow this weekend, uh, everyone's resting, starting their A team uh, with A games. It was, it was awesome. Although I can be honest, like I enjoyed all the games, but I don't think any of them were actually close. Maybe the Cowboys won at the end, but for it a majority. It shouldn't have been close. Yeah, but I, I don't think they were, I, but even in the blowouts, like you love watching KC put up 50. 
or however many it was, I lost count. And Pitt they called had, the dogs off after 42. Sorry, once, and, once they once they had the big man touchdown yeah. and Travis Kelsey yeah. threw a touchdown, they figured, okay, it's time to, to call the dogs off and get ready for the Bills next weekend. And then, uh, what, uh, sorry, Buffalo also, you know, putting the beat down. I know people just love watching the Patriots lose. When you're getting to the <laughs> when you're getting to the point, God, that was glorious. Like it's such a bad blowout where you're doing fat guy touchdowns. You saw that in the KC game. They watch <laughs> Buffalo do it and say, like, "Hey, we can do this too." Not only that, we can have a Ke- Travis Kelsey throwing a touchdown, like you mentioned, getting uh, getting ridiculous. So I enjoyed that. I mean, it was actually pretty good. You know, if the Jets had to cancel two games, it was actually great that those games <sighs> were canceled. I was thinking this weekend. that all weekend. I was thinking was actually- that all weekend. As much as I'm dying to get back to the rink. And uh, it sucks that we've missed all these games. On a number of occasions, I said to myself or whoever I was with, if there was ever a time to have two days off for the local hockey squad, Saturday and Sunday of the Super Wildcard weekend, along with Monday, of course. And, and it's perfect. We got two games on Saturday. We got three games yesterday. We got a game tonight. And then a busy week of Winnipeg Jets hockey beating tomorrow on the road. So um, we will get to more football talk, uh, you know, with the National Football League. But let's get to the Winnipeg Jets right off the back rim, right off the bat, Remo. And uh, the team didn't practice yesterday. They did practice on Saturday. We're back out there today and slowly but surely getting a number of players back into the lineup, notably Nikolai Ehlers. And it does seem like there's a potential that Paul Stastny will be able to play on this road trip as well. Brandon Dillon's status still up in the air. He's still technically on the COVID list, so I'm pretty sure that rules him out for tomorrow. Um, but you'd imagine that, you know, he wasn't able to be traveling with the team. But, you know, once he comes off the list tomorrow, providing he passes all the uh, all the checks and is non-symptomatic and has spent his time in quarantine, um, he'll be able to come in. But, of course, the way Dylan Sandberg played against the Detroit Red Wings over on uh, Thursday night. I think a lot of people are looking forward to Samber getting another opportunity in the lineup, and it certainly looks like that could be the case as well. Of course, Logan Stanley's back with the club. Uh, Nathan Beaulieu back with the club as well. And Billy Hainel, um, all the guys that went on going into the uh, the game against the Detroit Red Wings, uh, seemingly back right now. So slowly but surely, the Jets getting back to full strength. And maybe most noteworthy of all, Remus, was the return of Captain Blake Wheeler, who was out there taking part in practice for the first time, wearing the non-contact jersey, and then was out by himself after the game, after the practice, working on some things. Uh, probably been a little while since he's been out on the ice at that sort of a pace. But certainly uh, great news for the Winnipeg Jets to be getting their captain back into the mix. Uh, who knows when he'll actually be able to play in games. Uh, but that's another positive development for Winnipeg going into this road trip. Yeah, sounds like he's going to go on the trip. I mean, I saw they already they already went on the trip. They posted on Instagram, the Winnipeg Jets, like a couple minutes ago. Uh, the, you know, their attire going onto the plane. You got to know what they're what they're wearing when they go. But uh, yeah, I mean, surprised to see Blake Wheeler. I seemed like it was like end of December, but it was actually December 10th in that game against Vancouver. He was injured and. You know, one good thing about all the Jets postponements is, I mean, this guy's been out six weeks. He might have missed like five games. Um, yeah, I think he's missed seven games and nine yeah. games have been postponed over the course of so, the time that he's been out. And, you know, I, I know that there was some questions as to whether Blake Wheeler would speak today. And, you know, he was out late. They had a quick timeline to turn around on the uh, on the trip. So, um, you know, to get out onto the airplane. So that didn't happen today. But the next time we actually hear from Blake Wheeler will be one of the most interesting, I think, you know, media sessions we've had in a long, long time. I mean, first and foremost, how he's feeling, the injury that he had, where he's at to to coming back with the club. 
Um, but let's face it. I mean, you made, you mentioned it, Remo. It was December 10th. That was one week before Paul Maurice left as head coach of the Winnipeg Jets. We still haven't heard from Blake Wheeler since Maurice uh, stepped down and Dave Lowry took over. And I think everyone would agree that, you know, a lot has happened right now, although not as much on the ice with all the games that have been postponed. Um, but Blake Wheeler is going to be coming back into, you know, a significantly different situation than was on the 10th of December when he was, uh, you know, playing for Paul Maurice on that top line. Of course, it was Connor Shifley Wheeler. And ironically, they had their best game of the season. And he looked absolutely phenomenal and unfortunately was injured in that game. And um, we haven't seen him since. So, First things first, want to hear about his health, how things are at, and when he's going to be back in the lineup and all that. But hearing what Blake has to say about Maurice leaving and where things are at under Dave Lowry, I think is going to be uh, one of the most anticipated pressers that we've had from the Winnipeg Jets in a long time. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Well said. Um, then you look at the lines. Yeah, Cop, Shifley, Ehlers. Ehlers, as you mentioned, out of protocol. Connor Dubois, Perfetti. Arkins, Lowry, Reichel, Veselainen, Tony Nato, and Blake Wheeler. I mean, there was some pictures and, and video. And Morrissey, DeMello, Sandberg, Pionk, Stanley Schmidt, Hanela, Beaulieu. Interesting to me that Dylan Sandberg in there, Dylan, in the, the Brendan Dillon spot, there's a lot of a couple Dillons, you know, first name and last name on this team gets confusing. But um, I think that's a good, I mean, he's a good replacement for Brendan Dillon. A, a bigger guy, he throws the body, he can block shots, uh, moves the puck. So, but let's see. Let's take another shot at some of these guys. Uh, and over the weekend, they did send back uh, Declan Chisholm to the Moose and did some shuffling along with some Moose guys to the taxi squad, Austin Pagansi and uh, Mikey Isamont. But um, sure, why, why not give one of these guys? They look so good. The analytics prove I think they deserve another shot. But I think this is a bit of a maybe a grinder of a road trip when used to playing one game a week, uh, four games in a week. That's like four times as many games. So uh, <laughs> I. I think with something to watch, and especially with the goalie situation, Comrie was in protocols, but you know you haven't really played Hellbuck much. I mean, he's raring to go. Do you that back to back? I think is going to be key. It is a evening game after an afternoon game. So what? That's like that's like a day and a half. That's a not your. That's a bit longer time than your traditional back to back. So I think that's something we'll be watching. But I think the lineup too. It just changes. You know, every day. But it seems like it seems like they're getting way healthier. And we'll see about Stasny uh, tomorrow. Yeah, uh, and, and you know, like when Stasny comes back into the lineup, I would assume, and again, this is an assumption, so um, you know that take it for what it's worth. I would assume that he would end up going back with Shifley and Ehlers on that top line and allowing Kopp to slide down back with Adam Lowry. Um, but again, uh, maybe not to, to start things off. I just think that the way Dave Lowry started things out, going back to that line, having them take out the big matchups, of course, this is going to be a, a a situation in this road trip where Dave Lowry doesn't have the last change in any of these games. Um, so I think that there will be an emphasis on, um, you know, being able to hold things down defensively, especially since the, uh, considering that the teams that they're playing against and who knows, maybe that bodes well for Andrew Kopp staying up with Shifley and Ehlers to sort of be the con the, uh, um, the conscience of that line. Um, and if that's the case, we certainly have seen Paul Stastny play at times before uh, with Adam Lowry on that third line, and that certainly would be a possibility. But at some point soon, uh, you know, Paul Stastny, he's going to be an option, uh, apparently, for the club, whether or not he'll play in that game. We will see. Um, and of course, I don't expect Blake Wheeler to be playing tomorrow night, especially. And we'll talk to uh, Jeff a little bit more. He was at practice. I think all of the local media that were attending were 
pretty fixated on how the captain looks. Um, you know, we heard some tweets that hey, he was flying, but there was also um, you know, some indication that maybe he wasn't entirely back to 100%. And you would imagine you would imagine with an injury of uh, the nature that Blake had, you know, presumably something to do with the knee, albeit not needing surgery, um, that you would be a little bit cautious when you get back out there the first time. Uh, all that being said, though, Reem, uh, big, big week for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, and, uh, you know, interesting, Gordon Miller put up the um, the Western and Eastern playoff races today based on points points percentage uh because you know with teams having canceled games it's so difficult to see where teams really are when it comes down to how many games they've played and what they've earned uh and you see the jets right now by that metric and measure are actually the second wildcard team right now um but all that tells you is that they better keep playing at that clip or better if they want to stay in that spot and I'll tell you what, if they could come back with five or more points out of these eight games against Washington, Nashville, Pittsburgh, and Boston, I think it would be mission accomplished. But um, these are four very tough games against four of the top teams in the league. And, uh, you know, the Winnipeg Jets are going to need to be ready. They've had a lot of time to prepare for it, uh, but it's going to be showtime tomorrow night. Oh, yeah, we're going to see Washington. And I have seen what Carlson was put on the list before and Oshi missed some time with injury, so we're gonna have to wait and see what this Washington lineup looks like. You know, last time we saw Washington, Huss, I don't know how much we can really take away from that game. It was the day Paul Maurice resigned, and I think everyone can agree the Winnipeg Jets. We've used the term shell shock, but I think that they just weren't. It was it was a long day for them. It was they were an emotional day. They were not they were not uh, you know mentally you know, in that one for the start. So I think we'll see a different Jets team. They seem to be playing on a roll here. So I'm looking forward to, um, you know, seeing, first of all, what the lineup is going to be because, you know, it used to be, you know, all right, you know, we've got the same lines over and over, don't have to switch much. And uh, every day something changes. And we will get to see uh, Cole Perfetti, you know, suiting up uh, with some, you know, top six skill guys again. Will uh, Dylan Samberg get some time? I'm very curious. So, a lot of intrigue, and I think that's what was so great about Thursday's game. You know, we were talking about on Thursday, oh, they got all these rookies in the lineup, guys making their NHL debuts. Now, thankfully, it's against Detroit. Now, you got a bit of a tougher test this week against, um, who do oh, you yeah. have? Washington, Tuesday. Washington, Nashville, Thursday. Pittsburgh, Boston. And Nashville is the team that's, like, surprised me. I mean, I look at their top six forwards, and you're like, uh, Luke Cunning and... Mikhail Granlund, I mean, he's a pretty good player. Matt Duchesne, you thought he was kind of on the downside. Uh, Ryan Johansson, I mean, he's he's been solid. So, uh, and they who they traded Ryan Ellis in the offseason. Nashville keeps struggling. I think a lot of it is uh, their goaltending. UC Soros uh, picking up where uh, Pekka Rene was before for them. But they're they're sick. I mean, that's a pretty impressive points percentage. There would be leading all the teams in the Pacific. Uh, so I mean, the Central Division very tough right now. Colorado, Minnesota, Nashville. And St. Louis, all over 600. The Jets uh, just behind. So they do have some, it's going to be tough for them if they want to catch those teams. Yeah, and I see some people in chat talking about points percentage, saying that it's messed up. I mean, I don't really know what's messed up what? about it. It's a pretty simple mathematic equation about how many points you have based by the games you, you've played. Bottom line is, if a team is two points behind a team, but has five games in hand, mm -hmm. in reality, that team is in a better spot than the team that's played five more games and only has two more. So. Um, you know, listen, people, they're not going to be getting into the playoffs or out of the playoffs based on points percentage. I mean, these games are going to be finished. But if you want to have an accurate reflection 
of where a particular team is in the current landscape of the standings with the incredible discrepancy from how many games everyone has played. That's the best indicator for you to give you an idea about where things are at right now. Um, obviously, Winnipeg and the number of teams have a lot of games to make up. Um, but I see a lot of people saying this test this weekend, Remus, is going to be um, you know, about as good as you can get to decide whether the Jets are you know, contenders or pretenders. Um, I don't think this trip one way or the other is going to make or break the season. Um, although I will say this, if you come back and you don't get any points, I mean, you are back to where you were uh, a few weeks ago, which was um, in a very, very precarious situation. Now, the Jets over the course of the last week or so, without playing a lot of games, have actually had quite a bit of help. Some of the other teams ahead of them have been losing. Um, Dallas Stars have fallen back. I mean, Edmonton, of course. So Calgary did get a win, but San Jose hasn't been very good. Anaheim's been falling back. So it does look more and more like the wildcard teams are going to probably be coming out of the Central Division, which I think many people thought at the beginning of the year. Um, and the Jets right now have played well enough uh, or made the most of the limited games that they've had to put themselves into that, you know, into that bubble, shall we say, in the wildcard. Um, but by the same token, if you can go in and play well and get some wins on this road trip, I think it really puts this team in a great situation going into a very unknown part of the schedule. Um, you know, they've got games uh, supposedly next week at home against, I believe it's Florida and Minnesota. Um, and then a couple games on the road and then that Olympic break, which now we do assume and we're still waiting for some sort of a clarity or some sort of information on what that schedule will look like. Um, and we don't know how much it depends on what happens with our restrictions here in Manitoba, uh, potentially being loosened on the 1st of February. Uh, but the bottom line is there's going to be a lot of hockey to be played going forward. But this is an incredible test for the Winnipeg Jets. And I think they'll find out, you know, what they're capable of testing themselves against the likes of Washington, huge divisional game against the Nashville Predators, and then those back-to-back -back matinees mm -hmm. on the weekend between Pittsburgh and the Boston Bruins. Yeah, I saw someone in chat write uh, litmus test week, especially that litmus game. Litmus week, yes. Litmus week, uh, yeah, especially against uh, Nashville. And so I'm a big fan of points percentage, too. I mean, how else are you supposed to look at it? You can't really filter by, by points. I mean, how many, I mean, what's, what's, I don't understand why someone was ripping on points percentage. Like, well, what, what do you do when one team's played 40 games and their team's played 34 to track, keep track no of doubt. who's a better team? You can't just look at raw points. It doesn't work like that. Hey, uh, Maul Paris coming in hot with a terrible take early on in the week. Wonder what excuse the media will be told by Scott Brown yeah. to use if they go 0-4. When was the last time Scott Brown said anything to the media ever? Like, what the hell what are you talking he text, about? He texts me the excuses. I, I get, <laughs> oh, yeah. I yeah. get the advance email list on those. You're Listen, not on the list for those? He's poor, poor Scotty probably has a few takes of what his beloved Cowboys taking it on the chin in impressive fashion <laughs> yesterday. But uh, uh, as far as I know, the people that talk to the media are like the head coach and the players. So if that wanna... happens, those will probably be the people that the media are asking, not employees of the hockey club. Mo, come on. Do you want let's, me to get you on the Monday list? with a few better takes, please. Do you want on the list, though, Huss? Uh, yeah. <laughs> on a side note. Yeah, apparently. On a apparently, side note. I'm sort of you, jealous that I'm not on that secret, just, uh, that secret text thread. Maybe you're just not on the text thread. I think you're just <laughs> missing out. On that. One thing I do want to say, you know, Blake Wheeler, um, when, that, when that injury happened, I mean, there were people in here, or me, were like, man, this is, he's over the year, he's done. People are saying, oh, he should retire and go on LTIR. Um, with that knee injury, incredible to me that he's back on the ice um, six weeks later. I mean, the guy hasn't missed, he barely missed any games over the last 10 years. Now in the last couple of years, you know, last year, the injury, 
and this year again. But I mean, I don't. I mean, were his legs made of rubber or something? Because it seemed like he was going to be out for a long time. So that looked bad. And they definitely need him in the lineup after you know having so many um, you know rookies and and you know inexperienced players. And I think having him, who knows what where he'll slot in and what his health really is at. Now he said in the past, if he's in the lineup, he's a hundred percent. But I mean, I don't know. You've seen guys play through injuries injuries before, so. Uh, but I think he would definitely be a help. And I think, well, we're kind of curious to see how it's going to shake out with the lines when he comes back. Oh, a hundred percent. And I'll say this about Wheeler. Um, this is part of the interesting notion of hearing him speak for the first time, because as we kind of laid out, um, you know, there's a lot of different things about this hockey club right now. Most notably the guy that's calling the shots behind the bench in Dave Lowry, as opposed to Paul Maurice. Um, and, you know, listen, I think Wheeler took a lot of heat, I think, from a lot of the fan base that was angry with Maurice because of how close he was. And and listen, he was. He was his captain. I mean, he was his go-to guy for a lot of things. Um, Obviously, that's all different. So, you know, where his spot in the lineup is right away, I mean, I really do think that it will be determined by how he's playing and what he's contributing to the club. Um, And I also think that Blake Wheeler is an incredibly proud individual and a guy that still can do a lot of things for this hockey club. Now, you can make the argument that, you know, the value of the contract right now isn't. I'm certainly here for that. Um, but listen, that's part of re-signing players that have been a huge part of your organization. Uh, the bottom line is you're getting a lot better value on the front end and on the back end. That's a cap question. As far as talking about the hockey team right now, I think Wheeler, when he does come back, is going to be um, playing. I think he's going to be making a point to prove to everyone, not just Dave Lowry, that, um, you know, he wasn't propped up by the old head coach or anything like that, that this is a guy that can still be a very impactful player for the Winnipeg Jets. And uh, I certainly don't think that there'll be any questions about the fact that he's giving it his all to try to get in there. Um, And, you know, I think with the way things are a little different right now, maybe a little bit less pressure on the captain, um, you know, from the role that he was in before, Honestly, I think might open up a, uh, you know, opportunities to have a, a very, very strong second half of the season. And I think if he does have that strong second half of the season, especially not necessarily being leaned on the way Maurice used to lean on the captain, I think that could bode well for the Winnipeg Jets. But uh, all that being said, that's a little ways down the road because I don't think we're going to be seeing the captain, at least at the beginning of this road trip. And um, whenever he does get in, um, all eyes will be on 26 to see what he looks like coming back. And of course, how he fits into a group without Paul Maurice on the, uh, on the, uh, on the bench. Yeah, I think that's what we're going to see. And I agree. I mean, he was having the game of the season. That's what made the injury so devastating. Um, you know, he was, I mean, it looked like Wheeler, of the past and, you know, had, you know, his knee bending away, which probably shouldn't bend. And uh, yeah, he got hurt and he hope that he can come back. I, I mean, he's on the trip. So that leads me to believe they think he's going to come back. I mean, they weren't planning, you know, if they didn't think there was a chance, I don't think he would go, especially, you know, he's, was already stuck in the U S once. And I think there is, you know, Jansen Harkins missed Saturday's practice because he was, you know, had travel issues. So I think that's a real concern um, when you're crossing the border that you may not make it back if you test positive. So um, they must think he's going to play. That's what that tells me. Yeah, I, I would think so. Or or even if, I mean, I don't think he, well, when did he have COVID? Has he kind of done the three months? Is he back to being um, tested all the time? 
It was uh, but I think he's getting ready to come back. And whether yeah. he's ready or not, I think being with the club, being able to skate, being with the coaches, doing things in the morning skate mm-hmm. or afterwards to get him up to that level is certainly where that he wants to be right now. And uh, um, But in the meantime, you know, we're going to get a chance to see Cole Perfetti, it looks like, get another game with, um, <laughs> with Dubois and Connor. And uh, listen, I, I don't think he did anything um, to hurt his chances of staying in that lineup with, the, with those opportunities, the way he played with Connor and Dubois on Thursday night. Um, and of course, it'll be nice to see Nikolai Ehlers back in the lineup. Remus says, uh, you know, the timing of Ehlers going on the list was quite fortunate with all of these missed games. I mean, he missed the one. Um, was opportunity for Svechnikov to get up there. He unfortunately was hurt, but with Svechnikov coming out, Ehlers is right back in there. And uh, listen, having 26 back on that top line along with Mark Shifley and either uh, Andrew Copper, Paul Stastny, definitely a good thing for Winnipeg heading out on the road. Yeah, and I would think uh, Ehlers probably just slot back into that power play two uh, unit. And the units were kind of uh, uneven before, but... You know, the first one's been going good, and we'll get Ehlers back, and you know he can skate, he can play. So I think it gives you a way better um, way better top six, of course, having Ehlers back. So um, things are looking up. I mean, you're getting healthy this week. Players are coming back. So I think, you know, this is a great time because if this, uh, you know, grinder schedule was last week, yeah, they'd be, they'd be in trouble. But, I mean, you know, again, things can happen, though. People, things pop up, so... Every time the Jets hit the yeah. road, seemingly somebody ends up on the list. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, TBA or TBD, if you will. Uh, we'll wait till tomorrow. Make sure there's no more um, tweets from Jets PR announcing players going into COVID protocol. And if they will be, I mean, I'll tell you what, the Manitoba Moose will be uh, there ready to help. Speaking of the Moose, they continue this amazing point streak even without having all their players uh, with them and so many playing with the Winnipeg Jets right now, as well as a number of guys on their own COVID list. Um, and Remo, real excited because tomorrow we'll talk more about the Moose, both players on the Moose right now and some of the Moose players that have graduated, at least for the meantime, um, up to the Winnipeg Jets with the head coach, Mark Morrison, who's going to join us on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Yeah, I mean, does he? how does he know who some of these guys are? Popping in on tryouts, you guys in and out of the lineup. I mean, but he's... First year as coach of the Moose. Uh, I wonder if he thought it was going to be as crazy as it's been, just trying to find uh, bodies. But, I mean, they're trying to find guys, but they keep winning. Um, You know, winning uh, on Saturday in Grand Rapids, lost in overtime on Friday. But um, they've been on a great, you know, point streak here and, you know, traveling all over. And now they're back home for a bit. I guess they are playing at home in front of uh, of no fans. But... Um, what a season it's been, and we're definitely enjoying following it and just seeing all these players on the Moose. But they come to the Moose, and then then they're on the NHL team and also making an impression. So I think we're going to be hearing a lot about the Moose this year. Yeah, no doubt about it. So Mark Morrison coming up tomorrow on the program. If you're just jumping in, great to have you with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Hit that red subscribe button. Join us daily at 1 o'clock p.m. Jeff Hamilton from the Winnipeg Free Press was at practice today. We'll get his take on the Jets heading out on the road trip. And we'll also touch base with Jeff on some of the recent Blue Bomber signings, as well as the situation right now with the unsigned back-to-back Grey Cup champion quarterback, Zach Caleros. And a little later on, Dustin Nielsen from TSN 1260 in Edmonton will join me. Uh, We'll kick around a bunch of the NFL topics from the weekend, and we will find out. I know I saw a few people, (laughs) a few people in the chat uh, that had tuned into their show this morning. And, uh, Man, I think they've got three or four days of chaos before the Oilers get back onto the ice right now. So 
Make sure to stay tuned on that a little bit later on. All right, Hammer coming up in just a second. Uh, before we do that, we are ready for 2022 along with our friends at F Apparel, Winnipeg-owned and the uh, finest purveyors of custom suits for men. And not just suits, but a full line of custom clothing for any occasion, including dress shirts, winter jackets, casual chinos, golf pants, untucked dress shoots, shirts, shoes, ties, accessories, and more. Hey, bottom line is every guy needs at least one suit that fits and looks great. And F's custom-made suits start at just $400. Got a uh, grad coming up. Make sure to talk to F and look your best for the big day, as well as something that you can wear beyond just one day that fits all your needs. And of course, if you do have a wedding coming up, 15% off for your entire group uh, when your wedding party gets their suits from F Apparel. 190 Smith Street downtown or make an appointment or hit them up online at F, that's EPHapparel.com. Um, our friends at Vita Health are uh, are not only ready for 2022 in the month of January, but dominated, I would say. Um, this is a month where a lot of people try to refine some of their habits, including things like a sober January. Uh, very difficult if you're... Uh, grinding out these NFL games at the bar all weekend, but uh, it certainly is something that can help you out. And even if maybe you're waiting until the end of football season to take a bit of time off, if you are looking for uh, some non-alcoholic items, either for entertaining or for yourself, Vita is the place to get them. A Vita Health Fresh Market, non-alcoholic beer from Sober Carpenter and Neil Brothers, Soul Brew Elixirs, Boreal Botanicals, and Clever Mocktails. And if you were thinking about maybe trying out some vegan options nowhere better to get started with that as well as a great staff that'll help you make some great choices vita health carries so many plant-based and vegan vegan products including tofurkey field roast guardian the very good butchers light life beyond meat and more vita health stock with winnipeg's best selection of local organic and natural grocery supplements and beauty products all at great prices seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge and online at myvita.ca. And uh, while we're talking about being healthy and living right, it all starts with water. And when we're talking about water, the Culligan Group and uh, our friends at Stewart's over on 1200 Sergeant Avenue have been doing it, family owned for 65 years as the leaders for all things water in the city of Winnipeg and Southern Manitoba. Culligan has it all. Water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems, drinking water systems, city-wide water delivery services, as well as commercial and industrial water products and solutions. Uh, visit them over at 1200 Sergeant Avenue. You can give them a call at 204-694-5180 or check them out online at drinkculligan.com. All right, let's fire it up and uh, get the week going with the visit from the Jeff Hamilton, fresh off a of Jets practice. Hammer, what's up? How was the weekend? Not too bad. I worked uh, Friday, Saturday, had Sunday off, went skating at Assembly in Park. Um, peaceful weekend overall. Can't complain. Weather skating, was, was decent. Skating too. at Assiniboine Park, where would you hit the duck pond or uh... hit the duck pond? Yeah, it's not a huge ice surface. There wasn't a ton of people out, but it was a beautiful day and uh, yeah, good opportunity to get on the blades, and uh... I won't. I won't get you know of all the places <laughs> but... to go for a skate. That sort of implies that maybe there are some other things going on right now. But we won't. We Very won't dive down. The, we won't yeah, dive exactly. down that rabbit hole. How deep hole. do you want to go into this? How long do <laughs> yes. I hit? Yeah. How long do you want to psychoanalyze my uh, my pleasure my pleasure skate at, at the local duck pond? 
<laughs> uh, well, hey, speaking of skates, first and foremost, uh, the captain, Blake Wheeler, back on the ice, and we'll get to the road trip and everything, but, you know, that was sort of the most noteworthy thing in addition to, you know, how the lines were looking. Um, you were there. How, how did Blake look today? I know he did some extra work after practice wearing that non-contact jersey. Uh, first time you and the media have had a chance to see Wheeler since going out in early December. Yeah, I mean, overall, I, as far as the first practice goes, I think he looked okay. I mean, uh, I don't think anyone expected him to be on the ice today. I think that was the plan for this upcoming road trip. Um, there was buzz and word and reports that he was going to be joining the team through the four-game road trip and and possibly playing. Um, that was updated afterwards that he, you know, will, it's kind of a wait-and-see approach, the, the typical answers of, you know, it will be up to Blake and the medical staff, but uh, certainly a good sign to have him out here um, today and uh, skating with his teammates. Um, as I said, I think he looked fine. Not not a lot to take away. It looked like he was pushing it really hard. You could tell there was something around his his right knee. Um, looked like there was a brace. It, it certainly looked bigger than his his other leg. So there was a moment in practice. They uh, they bag skate a lot more under Dave Lowry. So they they were doing you know they were doing some man makers. Um, essentially, and uh, Blake looked like he tripped up, or looked like he something awkward happened with his leg. Um, didn't look normal, and and sure enough, he you know kind of motioned to, to his teammates with his glove that everything was okay. So maybe that was a good sign. But uh, yeah, he was certainly certainly going hard at practice, and um, definitely a uh, definitely a, a good sign that uh, a return is you know possibly very maybe even very likely coming up here in the next couple next week in a bit. Yeah, um, and you know, we haven't really had any clarity or details on what the injury was, but everybody saw what had happened against Vancouver, and it looked like, you know, a potentially serious knee injury. So, I mean, the fact that it's even a possibility that he can come in now is a good thing. And as Remus mentioned earlier, I mean, timing is everything. Um, I think he's only missed seven games since the beginning of December. Nine of them have been postponed. Um, and let's face it, if this Winnipeg Jets team is going to get slammed with all of these games going forward, um, it will be all hands on deck. And Blake Wheeler is a big part of that. But as I mentioned to you off the air, Jeff, and you know, a little bit at the beginning of the show, incredibly interested to hear from the captain the first time he speaks to the media, because, you know, while the situation of the team is still kind of right on that bubble, he's walking back into many of the same players, but a bit of a different dressing room. Most noteworthy because Dave Lowry's the head coach and Paul Maurice, who had been the guy here for eight years, no longer in the mix. I mean, what do you make of how different it is for Wheeler coming into this locker room and back into the lineup uh, without Maurice part of the equation anymore? You know, I think that obviously it's a difference. I mean, we all know how close uh, how close Paul Maurice and, and Blake Wheeler were. I mean, we you only know, have to go back to the sound bites of them, you know, sharing their, you know, their their admiration for one another and and certainly you know he's Blake's been a, a major um you know a major cheerleader if you will a proponent of of Paul Maurice so um that certainly popped into our minds today we did request him uh to speak uh there was a quick turnaround for the Jets they need to get on on their flight to to Washington around noon practice wrapped up around 10 30 so it just didn't uh it didn't make for the right time, but I'm sure um, I'm sure Blake will address the the media some some point over this next week and and get asked all those questions. I was actually thinking the exact same thing that you just said that you know obviously for his players or for his teammates they they want to be playing games, but as far as those guys who have been out, whether it be COVID or in, in Blake Wheeler's case, uh, you know, out for a month now, 
with a suspected knee injury, I mean, it's kind of the perfect time to, to go through these things as far as not having the, the games add up. So certainly a good thing for him. Um, you know, it, at the same time, though, like it's it's Dave Lowry. I mean, he he was with the club. Well, Paul Maurice was there. So it's not like anyone's not familiar with them. You saw um, you saw or I saw or the people who were watching practice saw uh, a good seemed like a, a conversation between him and Dave Lowry, like, you know, maybe a, a bit of kidding around or whatever. I'm not saying anything serious, but it was interesting to hear Dave Lowry say after after practice said that's the first time he's seen Blake Wheeler in a month. And, you know, and, and so people who think that, you know, injuries come and you're kind of around the team all the time. Uh, that's not the case. They, you know, you, you, especially if it's a long-term thing, you're coming, you know, you might come into the arena and, and at different hours of practice, you know, not, not that that isn't aligned to, to, to the rest of the team's practice to work with training staff, to do whatever rehab you have to do. And a lot of that maybe is just resting at home. I mean, it wasn't like he was getting into rehab right away. So uh, it was certainly a jolt for the team, for his teammates and for his coach and for the coaching staff to, to have, you know, 26 back on the ice. But, you know, as far as what he's walking into, yeah, a lot, a lot of things are different. Um, but, you know, it's a, a lot of things are, are the same. And certainly from an emotional standpoint, you know, the Jets aren't riding, a, you know, a losing streak or a, or a winning streak because of how few games they've played. So if anything, he's kind of just walking into a, a group of guys that are hungry to get back on the ice just as much he, as he is. So from that standpoint, um, it's not really all that different at all, but certainly some information or at least some sound bites and takeaways um, we'll be looking for from Wheeler this week on things like Maurice and just just well, overall what the uh, the situation's been with his team over the last month. Well, here's what's different right off the bat. Nikolai Ehlers is playing on the right side with Mark Scheifele on that line, whether you want to call it the top line or not. And Kyle Connor and Pierre-Luc Dubois are doing it with Cole Perfetti. And listen, I was really impressed with what Perfetti was able to do with those guys on Thursday night. Again, we've got one game to talk about in the past like totally. week and a half. So, you know, it sort of is where we're at. But, I mean, I think when Wheeler comes back in, things that would have been assumed in the Maurice era at least for my opinion, are not assumed in the Dave Lowry area. Are they? Are all those things on the table impossible? Absolutely. I mean, Dave's seen that before. But one of the things that David said when he was asked like a lot of these big picture questions, he said, hey, listen, I'm just trying to figure out who the hell I have able to play in my lineup tonight and go out and try and win a hockey game. And I really do think that Lowry is going to continue in that mode. And um, that, I think, is going to be very different than Paul Maurice is the way he... Uh, continually went back you know again we're talking about eight years here so there's a lot of time but I mean, even earlier this season um it did seem like the end goal of the coach was kind of get back to old faithful which is really where things ended up ironically with their best game together of the season when blake wheeler got injured against the canucks in early december well we all know that with paul maurice that there was you know it, whether it was a you know an outright rule or, or whatever it is um you never you don't lose your you don't lose your position in in the lineup based on injury and so what we would often see with with uh, you know under Paul Maurice was a guy would get hurt for whatever long he was out even if he was out you know for a while as soon as he was ready to get back in he he had the opportunity to to you know slide back into where he was in the lineup or at least in an area of the lineup that uh, you know that that he was playing before he got injured so the interesting part though too is you know you speak to what what Dave Lowry has said and even if you you look at what Dave Lowry has done and I'm not saying he's you know the polar opposite of of uh, of Paul Maurice or anything like that but and there are some 
some special circumstances here, certainly over the last month um, with how few games they've played. But, you know, he bag skates these guys. You know, he does things that we didn't really see from from Paul Maurice. And he had mentioned um, in, in the practice on uh, following practice on Saturday, you know, when we talked about, you know, guys like Dylan Sandberg or Declan Chisholm getting opportunities to play in the lineup, he all, he, he outright said that, you know, he doesn't look at really the name on the back, you know, it's about who's playing the best hockey and, and all, and, and all of that. So, you know, it's, it's one thing to say that, well, now he's got a bit of a situation where he needs to back up his words. And I'm not saying that that necessarily leads to Blake Wheeler falling deep in the depth chart, but we've seen, you know, but it doesn't necessarily mean he goes right back to that right wing top line. So we'll, we'll see what happens with all that. You know, I do think that I do think Blake Wheeler still has quite a bit of influence with this team. And I'm not suggesting that, you know, he's going to wield that and it's going to, you know, lead to, you know, massive minutes in his first game back whenever that may be. But, you know, you kind of want to get on the right foot with, uh, with Blake Wheeler too. So if, if uh, Dave Lowry took anything away from that relationship between Blake Wheeler and, and, and Paul Maurice, um, it's that the captain can, can probably ha- has not only a lot of influence, but we can probably, can probably affect a, you know your your connection to the team or your length in which you'll have this role. And until Dave Lowry loses that interim tag, you know he might want to whatever might might want to appease number twenty six in in whatever way. But it certainly can't be at the cost of the team. And you know Blake Wheeler's probably you know he's definitely not getting in on Tuesday. Uh, you know play the Washington Capitals and and that could go a long way if the if the Jets come out and open this trip. Um, you know, with a great game against a, a great game against Washington, and, and are able to you know beat a, a very talented Capitals team, then I, I then I could certainly see Dave Lowry, you know, sticking to his guns, if you will, or or maintaining that lineup. That would just only make sense. And I don't think that you know maybe under Paul Maurice, where he might waver and and give in, maybe 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 Dave Lowry isn't that kind of person. But there's still you know it's interesting. We talked to Dave Lowry today about how he's been on the job for a month, and you know he mentioned it. It, it feels like it's been way less than a month. Obviously, even even without the the number of games, um, they've certainly had their fair share of adversity and dealing with things on a daily basis. So that that time's certainly flown by. Um, but he's still learning. You know, he's still getting used to it. So, uh, but you can't really make statements like he did on Saturday and then not back them up. So we'll we'll see what happens when uh, push comes to shove here in the next week. Well, and I think that's going to come tomorrow. By the way, Mr. Pastry, that was a hell of a comment. Still laughing about it, trying to focus. <laughs> I see here you off it. screen giggling. Yeah, I wonder, battling between what you're going to ask me next and whoever, whoever's making the funny comment. <laughs> that was a good one. Um, uh, well, I think we're going to find out tonight or well tomorrow, um, mm-hmm. right off the bat, because. I would offer to you that if Paul Maurice was still the head coach and, you know, they had that situation that they had in Detroit where it was, you know, it was all hands on deck. They're bringing guys up from the moose. Samberg played the way he did. Declan Chisholm played the way he did. Um, you know, the Chisholm, I mean, really kind of jumped a few other guys and Billy Hainland and Johnny Kovacevic, certainly from what we understand about the depth chart to get in, but acquitted himself very, very well. He's back with the moose. But I would offer that if this was still Paul Maurice, um, I think Dylan Sandberg's one and done. And now that, you know, Nate Beaulieu and uh, Logan Stanley are back and, you know, seemingly off the list, they would, you know, automatically be one of those two guys going in. 
certainly we saw from practice, he was still out there in Brandon Dillon's spot, skating alongside Neil Pionk. And if we can take that as an indication of who will play tomorrow, that to me, I think, is the, is the first time to your point of sort of backing up what he said, because I think everyone that watched that game realized that both of those young defensemen did nothing to prevent themselves from getting another look in an NHL, in an NHL game wearing a Jet jersey. Yeah, you know, I, I, I tend to agree with you there, but I, I don't know if it's fully right. Because if you look at the circumstances around it, like Brendan Dillon gets out of his, his quarantine tomorrow, assuming that all, all things are good, right? So he's not going to play tomorrow night against the Washington Capitals after getting out of a five-day quarantine. So he's not even, his option's not on the table. And if you, look at, if you look what Paul Maurice has done in the past, um, you know, he's kind of looked past Villahena. And so that's kind of what's happening now, I mean, Sandberg is going to probably most likely slide into that position beside Neil Pionk. I thought they played well against against uh, against Detroit, so he's certainly deserving of it. I, I like the move for sure. Um, but now you have Logan Stanley coming in out of you know quarantine, and he's now taking a spot over Billy Hainala. So I, I don't know if the decision is all that tough. I mean, you know, Nathan Bolio, you know, he's a guy. He's you know, he's a, he's an option is, is the best way I would describe him. Um, you know, but he's he's not gaining in before those guys. You know, he's gaining in in a crunch for the most part. So, you know, I, I think you know as much as we can kind of speculate or you know hypothesize that that uh, Paul Maurice wouldn't have put Sandberg in in this situation. I really do think it's you know the hands bit being forced here. And if and and the other part too is I think you you certainly want to you want to give a guy an opportunity to build off a good performance. You know, you don't want him to. You know, and Declan Chisholm, for instance, I thought he played well. Obviously, played um, played less minutes than than uh, than Dylan Sandberg had. But but at the same time, you know, it was kind of understood that he was going to be back with the Moose. I you know I I certainly think that he's done enough to prove uh, another opportunity. And certainly, we're going to see you know Declan Chisholm with the Moose. But Dylan Sandberg has been a guy who has been kind of part of the equation since the beginning of the season. And had he not you know, suffered that high ankle sprain that knocked him out for, for some time. You know, he might have already been in, in, in these games, depending on, you know, how COVID would have worked out and all those things now. Um, but again, I, I just kind of go back to, you know, Billy Hainala, who I find is, you know, obviously a, a, a solid player and a guy that a lot of fans like and, and want to see more of. You know, what's the decision making behind not having him in? Well, that could be COVID, right? I mean, that could be just his his endurance. He's been he's been putting in extra time after practice. So you think he was ready and you've seen other guys kind of come out of quarantine and and get in. So, um, you know, I I wouldn't be surprised to see all, all those guys play over this next four game stretch. I think that this team is still very much. Uh, figuring out what their COVID situation is. Who knows now? It seems like, you know, going to the States isn't, doesn't make you immune to, uh, to, to catching more cases. So, so there's still some guys on there that haven't got it um, and likely will. So I'm expecting all of them to get in uh, eventually, even on this trip perhaps. But uh, certainly if you look at Dylan Sandberg and what he was able to achieve, it's, it really is a no-brainer to me whether it was Dave Lowry or, or uh, Paul Maurice making the call. Well, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I get, we think that now, but I mean, I can point to eight years of <laughs> eight years of evidence that might say the other way. Mm-hmm. Um, but you bring up Logan Stanley, and, and listen, I think with the investment that the Winnipeg Jets have in, you know, that top five, if you will, um, those veteran players of Schmidt, Dylan, Pionk, Demello, and Morrissey, that those guys are, if healthy, they're going to be in the lineup, but. Um, I'll say this. I, mean, I think Logan Stanley, if he was feeling comfortable at the start of the season, is he's okay. He's now in the NHL and he's a regular and he's a, you know, he's playing each and every night. Um, 
He better be A, looking over his shoulder, and B, when he gets in, get ready to play the best hockey that he has all season because it's quite clear that that is far from a comfortable position or should be right now with these other young guys getting a chance to show what they can do and uh, and knocking on the door saying, hey, Dave Lowry, I'm ready. Yeah, I don't think that Logan Stanley is all that comfortable. I, and and to your point, nor should he be. I, I, don't, I don't think if anyone's comfortable, like, you're, you know, the Jets obviously have a situation on their blue line, as you mentioned, those top five guys are pretty much immovable. I mean, there's not much that they can do to, to, you know, without, you know, besides injury or, you know, have to play really, really bad. I don't even know what that looks like to be. Well, of course, trade out. at but, some point yeah, of that course came, but... as well, but that spot's always kind of been up to grabs. And so, you know, you, you kind of look at these decisions and you try to analyze them and, and coaches don't go into, you can ask them until you're blue in the face. They don't go into depth behind their decision-making. They don't go into the conversations that they've had with these players and whatnot. And so yeah. maybe, maybe to your point, I mean, maybe this is an opportunity for Logan Stanley to face some pressure. Maybe, maybe that's when you get the best game out of Logan Stanley is when his, you know, when he's looking over his shoulder, if you will. So I also think Logan Stanley, like I look, I understand people want to see guys like Billy Hanel. I want to see guys like Billy Hanel play. I want to see guys like Dylan Sandberg play. I want to see other guys get opportunity, but you know, when, when Logan Stanley is playing at his best. He brings an element to to the team that not a lot of players do with his size. And and again, I know people are going to roll their eyes at size. And I'm not advocating that Logan Stanley should get a free pass or you know insert in the lineup based on his size, because um, I certainly think there's evidence out there to suggest you know guys should be playing in front of him, or at least at the very least have a bit of a rotation here where you know Sandberg and Billy Hanel are getting ample opportunity to to at least feel part of this right and not be not be limited to the uh taxi squad and, and and extra skates after practice as we've often seen them you know be in so um maybe this is maybe this is the chance for logan stanley to prove his worth because as as we've kind of talked about here and as we we've, we've seen and and as dave lowry has suggested it won't matter you know where your position is at um now that does within the team and now that that applies to Probably not everybody, and particularly on the blue line. Like, I don't think it's one of those, you know, with those five guys we mentioned, you know, ahead of, of Stanley. But, you know, Logan's got to understand that there are guys that are nipping his heels, and that's life of the NHL game. So I'd have a hard time thinking he doesn't. And maybe that brings out the best of them. And I think the reality is if it doesn't, well, then you have two two pretty good options behind them um, that are, that are you know, certainly – you know, chomping at the bit to, to get in and, and, you know, people like myself and a lot of, a lot of uh, fans out there um, and media too want to see some of the young stars, uh, some of the young prospects rather, sorry, um, get that time and, and get that opportunity. So we'll, we'll have to be, we'll have to wait and see. We don't get those calls as, as many frustrated fans know, <laughs> they, don't, they don't get the final decision. And uh, you know, despite maybe what some believe uh, neither do we. So it is what it is. Um, Jeff Hamilton of the Winnipeg Free Press with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Uh, what do you make of Perfetti, uh, you know, in, in right now playing in the top six? I mean, obviously that can change. you got Svechikov out. You've got Wheeler out right now. Presumably both of those guys could potentially be in that spot when healthy. Um, you know, do you think this is a, a chance to sort of establish himself as a guy that, you know, might stay in the lineup and stay in the lineup in a more offensive role as opposed to being a bit player in the bottom six? Yeah, certainly. I mean, certainly uh, it has to be. I mean, this is a guy who we know probably has a bit of work work to do with his skating, like every young player, you know, does at his age. But he certainly has the the hockey smarts, the hockey IQ, and and whether or not, I mean, 
it'll be interesting to see, you know, when puck drops on Tuesday, where he falls in the lineup. I mean, he's sitting on a line with, uh, you know, Kyle Connor and, and Pierre-Luc Dubois, which is, you know, probably the line you want to be if you're Cole Perfetti and you're a setup man, when you have those two, you know, guys who, who can, who can fire the puck and score goals, but whether or not, you know, Paul Stastny's on the trip too. Right. So where does he fit into this? Does he come in, you know, you know, Stastny's not going to the fourth line. Now does Perfetti belong in the fourth line? No, not for his skill set. Um, but just to, just to answer your question, I mean, this every time Cole Perfetti steps on the ice is an opportunity to to prove himself. And and the reality is, is when you're a guy in his position, you need to make it very difficult on your coaches to take you out of the lineup. And, um, you know, maybe that's an unfair, uh, an unfair thing for a young player to have to do in, in the sense that maybe providing him the environment to succeed is, is the ideal situation, knowing that this player is likely going to be a big part of your team in the future. But um, he's got to work for it like everybody else. And, you know, given the opportunity, you have to think, given what we've seen from Cole Perfetti throughout his career, uh, just what he's been able to do with his opportunity that he wouldn't take full advantage of that at the NHL level. And so um, I'm just, I'm a big proponent of, of throwing as many young guys into the lineup as, as you can to see what you have in them and to see if you can, to see if you can just unearth some, some, you know, young gems that can then take over and, and help you out with, you know, a lot of other things with your roster and salary cap and all those things. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm with those people who want to see Cole Perfetti. And um, not only do you want to see Cole Perfetti in the lineup, you want to see him playing with good players because that's the, that's the kind of player, you know, a Kyle Connor, Pierre, Pierre-Luc Dubois, though challenging to play with. It's always, you know, I think people lose, lose sight that, you know, okay, this guy needs to be playing with top players. Well, yeah, absolutely. It, it, it certainly complements his, his skill set. But at the same time, it's not it's easier said than done. I mean, going to the NHL level and, and, and being on pace with these guys is not a is not an easy ask. But again, I, I go back to my earlier comment that you know, whenever we whenever the Jets or whoever has thrown you know a challenge at Cole Perfetti, he's he's risen to the occasion. And uh, you got to think, you, you know, you got to think you want to see you, know, you want to see that happen. And if that does happen with the Jets, that just creates or alleviate some of the other issues when trying to create lines and balance out lines and, and, and throw in, you know, try to balance out four lines or at least three to have a, a good scoring punch. And, you know, if Cole Perfetti can, can lock horns and play well with, uh, with, with one of the top lines that's doing, that's only opening up a, a guy like Paul Stastny or somebody else, Blake Wheeler, even to, to move down to a third line and make them a pretty, pretty darn good trio as well. Uh, Hammer, does Hellebuck play all four games on the road trip? Like, when's the next time Eric Comrie actually gets in a game, especially with the unknown of the schedule going forward and how little they played over the past month? Well, you know what? I, I think, um, look, Connor Hellebuck will play all 82 games. And whether he could do it, you know, that's up for debate, certainly. I don't know if it's up for debate if he'd want to do it. I mean, probably wouldn't want to play all 82 games, but he would probably play 80, probably play 80. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's not far off, but you know, it, it, it really comes down to how he's feeling. I mean, this is, this is someone who knows his body. He knows, you know, he's been doing this for a while now. He, he knows what, what, you know, what workloads in front of him. He knows what he's capable of doing. Um, but you know, Mikhail Burden's also not a bad player. So like, maybe you give him an opportunity. The 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 I don't know if it's the issue, but the reality is, is all four games are against four solid teams. So you know, there really isn't that that one team that maybe you can put in a backup. And I'm not saying that they don't have you know 
confidence in Mikhail Burden or, or Eric Comrie for that matter, if and when he gets back. Um, but at the same time, you know, you you obviously have the best chance of winning with Connor Hellebuck, uh, you know, between the pipes. So, you know, to answer that question, I'm not a I'm not, not a mind reader. I'd put the props, you know, I'd put the props at about 85% uh, that he does. I think he's capable of doing it. And then the other thing that you have to take into consideration is the lack of games. This is almost like yeah. this is almost like starting <laughs> a season over to a certain point. You know, guys have likened this this stretch of days with 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 few games to a training camp. So clearly Connor Hellebuck isn't being overworked in the crease. He hasn't had any busy nights. So it wouldn't be the first time we've seen him open up a season, um, you know, four straight games and to suggest he couldn't do it here with how much time they've had off um, would be wrong. So, you know, let's just go with absolutely for sure. 100% he's playing all four games. <laughs> hey, you know, I mean, I think it would have to take uh, maybe, you know, a real rough game, you know, to, for him and maybe in the first end of those, uh, of those matinee games. And even I mean, then you'd want to get back into a game. Well, you know any, what, any really right. rough game would lead to a poll, which would just lead to him playing again because he wouldn't have had any time. So. And listen, if I'm Dave Lowry, I mean, in, in this situation, knowing how important these points are right now in the situation that they're in, I mean, if I have a doubt one way or the other, I'm erring on the side of 37 in the blue paint and, you know, dealing with it maybe a little bit later on. Hey, do you have any idea when we'll get any sort of clarity on what the schedule is going to look like for what is going to take place during what was going to be the Olympic break? We're so, getting close. We're getting real close. So uh, like all we really know, and I might butcher these numbers, what is it? Seven home games and three away games that have been, that have been kind of played. There's home? nine. I yeah. There's nine. nine so I, think in total. Six, I think it's six and three. I think it's six and three, seven seemed high, but it, it, it's at least six home games that need to be made up. That's all to be done in those three weeks. I mean, to be honest with you, I I don't have any clue as far as what the schedule is going to look like because I don't know if they have an idea yet on what the schedule is going to look like. It seems like, you know, the priority here is to, to postpone home games. I, I, I felt like it got to a point where how is this going to be possible? But, you know, we've also seen... We've also seen the NHL do some pretty funky things and, and you know, fitting in a lot of games in a little amount of time would not be the most bizarre thing that this uh, this league's done. So um, no no clarity on on when exactly or who exactly the games are. It seems a little it seems like a bit of a scheduling nightmare, if you ask me. Yeah. I mean, you have to take into consider everyone's, you know, ob- the teams that are coming in, the, the you know, the teams that are coming into Winnipeg. I mean, what what's uh, they're not dealing with a schedule over that time, but it's fine. But how how much crossover is there with other teams? And that might make it easier because a lot of those trips up north to Canada usually follow with a couple different Canadian teams. So maybe it's as simple as kind of piecing those weeks back together. But I, I certainly don't uh, envy envy the schedule makers. Um, but what we do know, or at least what we've been told, is that all those games are going to are, are going to fit nicely into that into that three week um, three week time frame that was that was that was essentially you know there for the Olympics, of course. So at the end of the day, it's going to get done. What it's going to look like, or, or or how the Jets are going to uh, how their schedule is going to look as far as like back to back games and 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 whatnot. Um, what we do know is that majority of those games are at home. So whatever that may look like, it doesn't seem like they're going to be, you know, jumping all over the place, which I think bodes well for them, uh, you know, through that three week stretch that would have otherwise been a break. Hammer. Uh, I don't want to forget about the bombers here. Um, so before we go, let's talk about uh, Jesse Briggs resigned today. Jeff Gray signs a two year deal on the offensive lines, a Canadian, I think a very important resigning, especially with the, a lot of people assuming that the NFL interest that Drew Desjardins has had that, you know, regardless of whether he ends up playing next season, he's probably not going to be in the mix for the beginning of the year. Yeah. Um, 
But I guess the big question, I know there was an article at three down that a lot of people are talking about. What are you hearing about the negotiations between the Bombers and quarterback Zach Caleros? Uh, the piece, if people haven't seen it, sort of is saying that, wow, Zach Caleros really has the Bombers kind of over it right now. Is um, you know, he's so important to the club uh, and has all the bargaining power right now. I mean, uh, are you hearing anything about uh, how things are going in this situation? And uh, should Bomber fans be nervous right now that their quarterback isn't signed? You know, I've written about it a couple of different, a couple of times over the last couple of weeks, just kind of providing a bit of updates on where negotiations are at. And, and the, and the truth is, I mean, look at the, if you look at the three down article, it's not really saying anything that isn't obvious. I mean, this is a guy who is coming, who is 17 and two as a starter for the, for the bombers. One of which was that game at the end of the season uh, last year against Calgary that they just kind of lost in the second half. So, you know, he's only lost one meaningful game and that was what week three or four last season or this past season against, against Toronto in Toronto. So that MVP, um, you know, great cup MVP, most outstanding player, he has leverage. There's no doubt about it. And, and it, it, that leverage became even more obvious before he became, you know, a two-time Great Cup champion with the Bombers and 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 most outstanding player of the league, when Sean McGuire came in to play, and we all kind of saw what the Bombers looked like without Zach Clare. <laughs> so, I mean, we've been kind of we've been having these jokes. I've almost been joking around, whether it be on your show or with Zach himself, about like when are you going to take the Bombers to the cleaners here? Like this is is a real opportunity for him. But you don't joke about that really unless you kind of know who the guy is. And I think what's missing in that three down piece. And I'm not saying that, you know, money can't buy Zach Claris. I mean, if, if Toronto or, you know, Ottawa want to offer him 700 and something thousand dollars and, and, you know, just go another season where you're, where you're going to struggle to find other, you know, other players with, with your salary cap issues, that, you know, that's certainly a possibility. Cause if it's, you know, if we're talking to, it's one thing if we're talking 30, 40, even 50 grand difference, if we're talking over six figures or, or even 200 grand difference, you know, that there is going to be certainly some room for consideration for Zach Claros. But the other things that, you know, he needs to consider, and I'm sure he has been considering is, I also find the articles, before I get into that, the articles being very interesting because Dave Naylor had one with TSN about how the 750, if they pay him top dollar or, or Mike, Michael Riley or Bo Levi Mitchell money, which has now disappeared, that's kind of come, that's, that's come down for both those players. Uh, you know, that's going to, that's really going to, you know, it's his art. Dave's article essentially said it was going to screw over the bombers. The more money they pay him, just because of how many people they want to have back in the three feet. So maybe there's some grandstanding here with the three down thing because that was heavy, heavy Zach Claros and leverage. So maybe that that was a pushback. Look, the bombers are not trying to nickel and dime him. They they know him. They want him. They know how important he is to the organization. They like him as a they like him as a player, of course. But they really really like him as a human being. They like his leadership. They like what he brings to the locker room. He's adored by all his players and and, and coaches. And that's a two way street, you know. And and I think that's the other thing that might be missing here is Zach Claris. Yes, he's got a you know a wife who's from the Ontario area, you know, in and around the Hamilton. Toronto region, which would which would seem to make sense for wanting to go to maybe Toronto, who also didn't have that bad of a record either, right? So they're not a team like Ottawa, who I just don't know why anyone would go to Ottawa, you know. So uh, I don't really see that as a viable option. And then, but you look at the relationship that Zach has with his teammates. You look at what the Bombers are doing this off season, bringing back you know key players on offense and on defense. Uh, you know, there's the there's the culture that they built here and. 
I mean, go, you don't even need to go back far. I right? go listen to some of, of Zach's media availabilities. I mean, this guy loves the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and his teammates. He loves what he's achieved here. And we've all seen, and I'm not going to go deep into this. We've all seen what happened when he plays in front of a leaky O-line or when he takes too much hits, right? Like he's not playing, he's not on the football field. I mean, he's come to Winnipeg and not, not only, not only recharged his entire career, uh, you know, he's put all those injury questions that he had to deal with for, since forever behind him by by playing in front of the CFL's best offensive line. So there's all these things that I think that, you know, Zach certainly likes. And there's, there's these natural, there's these natural things that happen in these negotiations where you kind of, you know, no matter how much you love an organization or how much you're respected or, or how much that respect is mutual, there is a lot of, you know, weighing out, you know, what, what your worth is, what you're, what, what, what you should be having. And, and I mean, just look, the reality is, is Cody Fajardo is making what five hundred fifteen thousand dollars next season. Like Zach Caleros is is way better than 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 uh, you know Cody Fajardo. So you know where does his where exactly does things start um, will be an interesting question. But where they end will be even more interesting because as much as as much as the you know and I'm and this isn't planting the bombers. The bombers don't have a plan B per se. Um, obviously, they they know that guys like Jeremiah Masoli and Trevor Harris are out there. Um, but they don't have a plan B in the sense that they want to open that up and even explore it. They want Zach Laras. You know, I, I, if you're asking me right now what my opinion is of whether or not he comes back, I do think they reach a deal with him. I do think they find, um, you know, find common ground. And I think that common ground, you know, if you want to talk leverage, the Bombers talk back is, look, we have a ton of respect for you. We want to pay you good money, but we can't pay you this ridiculous amount of money because the rest of, you know, the, the trickle effect, the players that, you know, you you know and, and have gone to war with week in and week out, we don't have, you know, that takes away from signing those guys. So I so I do think, if, if anything, if, you know, worried, I think there should be some concern every day that you don't have your starting quarterback under contract. But at the same time, you know, I, I wouldn't be concerned right now because I just, I can't see a deal not getting done and I can't see Wade Miller not finding a way to keep Zach Caleros in there for a chance to, to go back to back to back. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think that's certainly what the assumption is by everyone. But to your point, I mean, every day that it doesn't go on, and they've done a great job of signing some of the other most important guys I and mean, the guys that would be protecting the quarterback uh, and of course, you know, bringing back guys like guys Jefferson scaring the heck out of the opposing quarterback, you know, it's like, yeah, what's not to like here, you know? <laughs> well, and I'll say this, um, you know, if I'm Zach Caleros, especially with the injuries that you have correctly said, you sort of put back in the, in the rear view, a big part of that has been playing behind the bomber offensive line. I mean, well, uh, and the, you know, and you that, can that, give that me an extra what... hundred grand, but I mean, I don't know if I want to go play for Lapo behind the Ottawa Red Blacks well, offensive exactly. line. I mean, how you long wouldn't... am I going to be upright? Well, and that's and here's the other thing, and I would never use it, and this would never be an argument by the bombers, but this is fact. Look, like, like, what's to say that Trevor Harris couldn't come in and play behind that O line and not be a star? Like, what's to say Jeremiah Masoli couldn't come behind that O line and not be a star? Now, Zach Claros, I'm not taking away anything that he's done. He's been, you know, he's not only fit the, the you know, the football part of this. He's fit the the family part of this. He's fit the hmm. teammate part of it. And I think. That's the part that, you know, whether it's Dave's article or whether it's three down article, I think that's the part that's missing. And that's going to be the really important ingredient when it comes to finding common ground and getting, you know, getting Zach Claris to sign on the dotted line. Hammer, always great having you on the program. What do you got cooking up this week in the free? Uh, well, the Jets are on the road. Mike, uh, Mike McIntyre, which, by the way, Mike's birthday today. So happy birthday to Mike. Oh, happy birthday, um, Mike. He's uh, he's on the road, so that gives the rest of us a little bit of a break uh, for them. So I'll just continue to kind of 
put my ear to the cement and figure out more CFL stuff. I'll have my, my call them out midweek. And that's the thing about this, you know, and, and I'm so glad that I'm, I'm continuing that they're, that the papers allow me to continue doing this, this weekly column digging into the CFL because there never really is an off season in this league. And it's the crazy, it's the crazy football league during football season, but it's almost just as crazy football league in the off season. And there's so much going on and there's, you know, you know, whether, and not just signings, but just with the CBA coming up here and needing an agreement and all this stuff, there's uh there's a lot of things going on in the, in the three down loop that uh, keeps you busy in the winter months. And I'm, I'm happy to be able to kind of keep, keep readers and, and, and whatnot uh, updated. But other than that, just trying to find stories and uh, continue on, uh, you know, grinding every day. Hey Val, great stuff. on pleasure rings on the weekend. Next week we can find out what, uh, we'll be at the fork. Yeah. Not on the river trail, just on the little thing under the canopy. He got a nice, you know, a good, I don't know, a hundred square feet to, uh, to do the, the pleasure skates on. Yeah, exactly. Just, you know, just our own, I, I dub it as a, our own personal place to skate. You know, I've, I've rented this out. So, you know, the things you'll, you'll things you'll do for a second date thanks pal have a great one thanks guys All and right. a shout out to the listeners thanks guys you too yeah they've been in, they've been enjoying it at jeff k hamilton on twitter and of course you can read his work in the winnipeg free press all right we got dustin nielsen coming up can't wait for this um we've got lots to talk about a red hot weekend in the lock shop with some picks uh and uh, a red hot fan base in northern alberta irate at the plight of their local hockey team before we do that um, heavy snowfall warning coming to the city and then it's going to get real cold for a couple days you better be ready for it folks i've been telling you all year if you do not have a functioning battery or it's just about done do not wait till you're calling one of your buddies for a boost and going man i should have done this sooner what you need to do is give donnie and the gang at manitoba battery a call 783-8787 or pop down and see him at 1026 logan avenue the best price on batteries in town don't waste your time at costco or the big box stores not to mention going in and dealing with the parking lot pop down to a manitoba battery or they'll deliver it to you as well battery starting 89.50 with core exchange that's the best price in town find out more at manitobabattery.com or pop down and see them at 1026 logan avenue uh, huge weekend in the National Football League. We're going to get to that with Dusty in just a couple minutes. Of course, wh whoever your team is, if they're still playing, you may need to be uh, upping your gear for uh, the divisional playoff weekend. And of course, you can do that at Royal Sports. An incredible selection of NFL gear along with Bomber Championship merchandise and thousands upon thousands of pieces of Winnipeg Jets merchandise. Uh, in addition to being the uh, hockey superstore in town for over 35 years, snowboard headquarters, and of course you can also check out all the cool stuff they've got over going on over on the King's Skate, Snow and Surf side of things. Pop down and see them at 750 Pembina Highway. You can follow them on Instagram at Royal Sports Pembina as well as Kings underscore SSS for the latest merchandise drops and deals from our friends over at Royal Sports. And, uh, oh, I got a text last night from uh, my pal Trevor Knott from Knott Auto Corp. Trevor's down in Dallas and was watching the Chiefs game last night uh, after the Cowboys had lost to the San Francisco 49ers. He said it had the atmosphere of a morgue in and around Texas. And you can imagine, we'll get to that in a minute. But if you are looking for a vehicle for 2022, before you do anything, start at Not Auto Corp. Why not get into the car of your dreams at an incredible price with the Not team? 
You can visit them at Waverly and McGilvery or start your search online at not.ca. All right, let's bring the big guy in from Edmonton, Alberta, my guy, lock shop partner, and the host of the very popular Nielsen show in the mornings on TSN 1260. It's Dusty. How was that for a weekend, pal? What's going on? It was a good weekend, my man. And uh, I have to say, that fireplace behind you, <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's the best. Yeah, Look yeah. at this thing. Oh, oh I just love it. It's the I don't best. know what, what you like better, the fireplace or the NBA jam machine in the back. We've yeah, got that's it good all too. right now. What you is know, that fireplace? Is that uh, lock shop picks? Because we're red hot. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Now, let's, let me clarify. First of all, I know there's lots of people that rode with us on the partner parlay. Way to go. And a special credit to you for popping that under down. Uh, or the over down four points because we needed it big time. That that field goal in the fourth quarter to get it to a 10-point lead was exactly what the doctor ordered. Yeah, Bengals cover by two and a half. And then, I mean, I was all ready to be the guy that screwed up the parlay going into Sunday. I mean, when the other two guys get it right off the bat, there's a lot of pressure. Uh, but shout out to Brady and the Buccaneers. That was a laugher, a no-stress win for the partner parlay was great. Now, we did our picks. We picked every game against the spread, and we did a little confidence pick. Are, are you five and zero going into tonight? I'm five and zero going into tonight. Yeah, I need the Rams. I need the Rams minus four to go six and zero. And when you combine that with Tuesday's lock shop, when we nailed all of our hockey picks, buddy, like <laughs> could it's, be the best it's week a ever. heater right now. It's a heater. <laughs> this could be the best week ever. Now we also did our confidence picks. My loss. We went head to head in the Buffalo New England game, and I've never been happier to lose <laughs> a bet in my life. We'll get to that in a minute. But was your one-point game the uh, the Rams-Cards game? It was a one, my one-point game. You're so right. So you've already won the bet before we even go into Monday I guess, night, yeah, I think. Because technically, even if Chris Abbott's completely right, what's Abbott at right now? Because he was texting us on, on Saturday being like, I'm running the show right now. But like, there's no way I can lose no, right now, you, I wouldn't think. You've got your two, three, four, five, and six. I mean, yeah. even if, if I win the game tonight, we'll both be five and one, but I'll have lost my three-point game. You'll have lost yeah, your one-point yeah. game. So, uh, geez, I guess I got to eat transfer you 50 bucks now. Jeez, this Thank is, you, outra sir. Uh, this is outrageous. <laughs> um, but, hey, listen, we'll get to the NFL in a minute because there, we could get going on that. Um, I texted you on the weekend after the game on Saturday night with the Oilers blowing that 3-1 lead after two to the Ottawa senators and going, you guys better be wearing full equipment for the Nielsen show <laughs> on, uh, on Monday morning. Um, that, I mean, there's been a lot of, there's been tons of bad losses by the Oilers and it's been just a miserable six weeks, but did it go to a, another level? If that was possible on Saturday night, we keep moving that level of rock bottom. You're like, Oh, well, this is rock bottom. Can't get any worse than this. Then they blow a 3-1 third period lead to the Ottawa Senators. You're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's rock bottom. And then the Florida Panthers come in here on Thursday. And who knows what happens with the Florida Panthers in town? We might have a new rock bottom again. But, like, that loss against Ottawa, considering, I mean, you give up the first goal again, it basically at this point, just expect it. Uh, but then they, they come back. They take a 3-1 lead. They put together a really good second period. You know, you're feeling pretty comfortable going into the third, or at least you should be. And uh, then they go and allow the Ottawa Senators to score five goals in the third period. And, you know, their goaltending, Skinner got the start that night. You guys saw Skinner with that game against the Jets. He had been brilliant in that one. Um, he, there was a couple of goals in that game in that period that he did not want back. Bouchard and Legison kept coming out over the boards. They got scored on as a pair three times in that period. Uh, it was um, 
It was a disaster. It was an absolute disaster to let that one slip away to put together yet another six game losing streak. So, I mean, there's no, there's too many questions. Guys are running out of questions to ask. Team doesn't have any answers. And it's just the same thing over and over and over again. And I don't, to be honest, I don't know how they get out of it, Huss, to be honest with you. Yeah, it was the thing. Oh, by the way, Ernie Thiessen says in chat, I, uh, it looks like he tailed your picks. Uh, Dusty's Parley, I put down five bucks and it'll cash out 250 if it wins tonight. So, uh, hey, six for six. We've always talked about just going four for four in a while. In a, yeah. Any playoff weekend is huge. This would be great. So, it was well Man, done, I wish Ernie. I would have parlayed my picks. Yeah. Because I would have done more than five. I would have been laughing. <laughs> I didn't mind. I didn't mind. And, uh, of course, it all went down in glorious fashion on Saturday night <laughs> with the job that the Bills did on the New England Patriots. Um, Ken Holland did speak, though, last week. Um, I know, you know, the anticipation for that was high. A lot to do with Evander Kane. Still waiting for some clarity on that situation because, of course, the knucklehead might get suspended again by the National Hockey League. So I'm not sure where that is at. Um, but my God, I mean, I lost like that. I, we've always been thinking, okay, maybe that loss could spur something. And of course, we look at the head coach and maybe some sort of a coaching change. It's happened in some other places this year. Um, but I mean, I said to you before, I mean, this is basically three days of uh, letting the city burn. And then, oh yeah, the Florida Panthers come in, one of the best teams in the National Hockey League. And that's the team you've got to get yourself uh, get yourself back on track against. Yeah, this is not ideal. Uh, people have been waiting for Ken Holland to do something. He said last week, I mean, he basically gave, he, he came up short of saying 100% giving Dave Tippett a vote of confidence, but you didn't get any sense coming out of his availability last week that there's going to be a coaching change. He said he thinks the answer is within this room. Now, as they, you know, today at practice, a bunch of one-on-one and two-on-two -two battle drills, as I think Tippett tries to get some sort of energy out of this team because they're just too easy to play against. Like, I don't think anybody's played a difficult game against the Edmonton Oilers in the last in the last month and a half. And while they're doing that, Ken Holland and his pro scouting staff are currently down in Palm Springs having their pro scouting meetings where they can put together a list of goaltenders that they will fail to acquire in the offseason. <laughs> so I don't know what they're trying to accomplish there. But, I mean, literally, I mean, the answer is going to have to come from somewhere within. I mean, they mix up the top six again. You Stuart guys Skinner's might not now like in the COVID answer. protocol. It's you guys might not like that answer, I hate to say. Is it Evander Kane? Are you saying it's Evander Kane? <laughs> No, the answer oh. might be uh, uh, the team's just not going anywhere, and yeah, it's a no, lost season. Thing. And and that, I mean, when you consider the way this team started, that and has Connor McDavid and has Leon Dreisel, it's that much more incredible. And I'll tell you, I mean, you would know this a lot better than me. I mean, you've been following his career since he came to Edmonton. That was as dejected and lost. Not just McDavid, but I think I can remember an NHL captain being in front of the media after a game. And uh, I mean, listen, I'll give him credit for standing up and answering the questions. And I get that he didn't really have any answers, but when the best player in the world looks like that after a game at home against the Ottawa Senators, I mean, the alarm bells are, they already were going off, but I mean, now you've got maybe tornado sirens or something like that happening. I mean, it is that urgent and desperate right now for Edmonton. We sort of knew that last week when they were the team that was all in on Kane, apparently. Yeah, and you know what? It's not even like Connor McDavid's playing great and the rest of the team is sucking. Connor McDavid's been average as far as Connor McDavid standards go even for the last month and a half. And we discussed that today. I just did a two guys and a goalie podcast with Cassie and Gager. And I mean, Dave Tippett has played those guys into the ground. And, you know, I, I we talked about the leadership. Like, how do, does your does a team take on the identity of their leadership core? 
Because I think that might be what we're seeing here a little bit. Like McDavid and Drysettle and Nurse and Nugent Hopkins and Duncan Keith, whatever their leadership core is, these are not the guys who want to go out and play a physical brand of hockey. I mean, these guys, those guys alone are capable of going out just based on skill alone and having successful career and winning some hockey games for them. But if the rest of the team thinks, well, you know, if Leon Drysettle can throw a four foot back backhand pass through three guys, I'm going to try it too. And that's just, you can't have that. Like you cannot have that. So I don't know if their leadership core has to show more of a dedication to the defensive side of the game and the rest will follow, or if they just have to go out and win it on their own offensively. But it's uh, it's it. You're right. I mean, McDavid looked absolutely, absolutely devastated. Um, but at the same time, him and dry settle have just been, they've just been okay for the last four or five weeks. So that's the thing. The team's not intense enough. Power play's not doing what it once was. Penalty kill has been atrocious. They can't get a save. The blue line has been making way too many mistakes. Like literally everything that could fail right now has failed this group over the last four to six weeks. It was kind of hilarious that Greg Wyshynski, of all people, ended up going in and I know. being the optimist uh, today on your program. I got a good kick out of that. Um, hey, just quickly on the goaltending, um, what's the story with Mike Smith? And I see our guy Stewie Skins. I mean, as bad as it was in the third period, he's just been added to the COVID list. So uh, yeah. is this uh, say a little prayer and hope that Miko Koskinen can turn things around going forward? This is the old Nielsen show, Valen Camus, right? That's finished for the revolution. And uh, the revolution has begun again, I guess. Uh, they really don't have another option. Mike Smith has a thumb issue. And, you know, he thought maybe he could play through it. They decided to give him a little bit of rest because, you know, I guess they don't need him right now. And then Skinner in COVID protocol. So Koskinen, like by default, is going back. Dave Tippett has to go to Koskinen right now. And the last time Koskinen played, Tippett tore a strip off him after. So they do have Konovalov who they brought over from the KHL and he's been in the AHL, but they're not going to him in this game. So it's Koskinen versus the Florida Panthers, as we like to say, hammer the over. Yeah. <laughs> Dustin Nielsen uh, with us from TSN 1260. And of course my partner on the lock shop, lots of love for the Flutie flates box in the background. And somebody, Buddy, there's was still flakes in there. It's somebody full. was wondering what the best before date was on that. And, uh, and then <laughs> Remus just popped in and just decided to let everyone know that he recently ate a package of Raymond noodles that had expired in 2017 <laughs> and they, and they weren't too bad. So a lot of fun things happening in, in the chat right now on Winnipeg sports. So let's get to the football on the weekend and uh, maybe let's back it up to the first game because I think everyone's, you know, between what the bills did on Saturday night, everything in the action kind of lost in all of this was another big game performance by one Joe Burrow. I mean, we talked about this going in on the lock shop. This guy has really has has elevated a franchise and a city in a lot of ways. Um, he was phenomenal against the Raiders. And uh, I got to tell you, I think this Bengals team is going to be a very tough out for the Tennessee Titans, who, of course, were the one team that didn't play this week and will be uh, hosting them this weekend. Uh, what did you make of uh, of Joey B? He also just seems like one of the coolest guys in the world. I mean, yeah, how do you thing. not have confidence when you look at him? He's uh he's who the Browns wanted Baker Mayfield to be. Yeah. You know, like that the guy, the big man on campus. And that's what Joe Burrow is. I mean, just watch the way he handles himself. Dude is a winner. He's won in the past. He's going to win again. I think he wins at some point in the National Football League. And you know what? It's not like they they destroyed the Raiders, but I feel a little bit more confident in the uh Bengals coming out of that game. Uh, heading into this next one against the Titans, and I thought maybe I would. So I don't. I wouldn't put anything past Burrow and Chase 
and Higgins, who they really didn't even get involved much in that game, and Boyd and Mixon. I know he's a little bit banged up. I needed a Mixon touchdown to complete that uh, bet builder that I had a cool bet, which kind of pissed me off a little bit. But the Bengals, if it's not this year, it's just going to be at some point in the future where they make, not saying they you know go and win one for sure, but I mean, they're going to be a tough out. And the AFC, with what's shaping up with the quarterbacks in the AFC, oh. to have Joe Burrow in there with Herbert and Mahomes and, you know, when Lamar gets healthy again and Josh Allen, like, this is this is ridiculous. You basically have to have one of these guys just to get to the dance now. And the, uh, the Bengals, and as a long-suffering Lions fan, man, I got a soft spot for Cincinnati. So to see them get that win after three decades, that was pretty exciting. Well, I, I'm with you. And I mean, I feel the same thing about the Buffalo Bills. I mean, I love their fan base, the mafia. I mean, they've been through so many lean years and never mind. I mean, their greatest heights were also their greatest disappointments where they'd win the AFC and then get pumped in the Super Bowl each and every year. But there was something, I think, cathartic about that trashing of the Patriots on Saturday night. And honestly, that I mean, you talk a lot about the Chiefs and I know Mahomes set a new record with what, five touchdowns in 10 and a half minutes of game time last <laughs> night. But the Bills, it didn't really matter how quick it took. Um, they just got a touchdown every single time they got the football. And to me, that is the most stunning offensive performance I can remember, um, mainly because Bill Belichick is on the other side. I mean, that was a big reason why I backed New England at plus four and a half. I'm like, I just have too much faith in Bill Belichick doing what it takes to keep his team in the football game. I could not have been more wrong. That was an embarrassment for the New England Patriots. Yeah, you don't see Bill get done like that very often, man. And with the way they just kept coming and they just do it again. They did literally, literally did whatever they wanted the entire game. When like I was sitting there trying to figure out what it would feel like to be a Bills fan in that situation. And that's me and Detroit three years from now, finishing off Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers in a playoff game in convincing fashion. Like, that's not going to happen. Like, it would be a dream come true. So for Bills fans to get that, and I mean, as a team in general, coming off of that performance, I, I cannot wait for this Bills-Chiefs game, man. I can't wait to talk about it on Lockshop later in the week. Um, that's going to be phenomenal. I mean, everything that you want from Bills fan, from the quarterback, from the team overall – to be firing all cylinders like this going into a huge game against the Chiefs. I can't I can't wait for this week. I thought this super weekend was going to be good, but next weekend's going to be amazing. You know, and it's funny. I mean, I think, you know, when I was on your program last week, you asked me, you know, from a Chiefs perspective, what's the team that, you know, makes you the most nervous? And, and I said it's the Bills because when the Bills are rolling, I mean, this They're is good. no disrespect to Tennessee. There's no disrespect to the Bengals, I, irony is, is that the Chiefs owe every one of those teams one because they lost to all three of those teams early on this season. Um, but the Bills are a wagon when they get going, and I can't ever remember them looking as good and, frankly, the Patriots looking as bad as they did on Saturday night. Uh, Maul Priest and the thing mentioning, you know, it was so funny watching. And we've got a lot of Viking fans around here. i got a lot of friends that are Viking fans. And the Viking fans... They were acting and running as if they won a game yesterday because they just kept laughing every time Jalen Rieger would have been on the field <laughs> or doing something I that was that killing video. the Eagles. <laughs> and uh, the fact that they picked him over Justin Jefferson is something that is going to haunt that franchise for a long, long time. Um, listen, credit to Nick Sirianni. He was the one rookie coach that made the playoffs this year. But I think if there was ever an argument that, you know, maybe we didn't need a couple of extra teams, 
it was yesterday's performances by the Steelers and the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, all bucks, and I know the couple garbage time touchdowns made it look a little closer, but um, this was uh, this was a no contest, a nice little workout for the Bucks to go out and get ready for a big game next week against the winner of yeah, tonight's you know Monday what? Nighter. Maybe it helps the Bucks and the Chiefs in this situation as opposed to having that extra week off. Yeah. Now you you know you get to roll in. I mean, maybe it ends up benefiting them a little bit. The Eagles are an interesting one. Jalen Hurts is in a walking boot after the game. He obviously hasn't been at 100%. Uh, they got three first round picks too. So, I mean, if you're an Eagles fan, you're probably okay with the season, but you know, I, I asked Mike Tanier on my show this morning. I said, what do you think? Cause I saw a lot of like a uh, waste of time bringing in these extra teams. And you know, what would have happened if the Eagles would have upset the, the bucks, if it would have happened that way, people would say, well, this is garbage. There's no way the bucks should have had to play this week anyway. So like <laughs> either way, there's always going to be something that you complain about. So you know what? I'm a fan of us more football and more football to bet on. And we got that this weekend. And Hey, they were easy bets. It was easy money. Let's just be quiet and not complain and take the two favorites next year or the two seed as well. Yeah, we're going to have to talk to uh, Abbott. I, I, I'm, I'll be quite interested to see how this weekend was for the book because, um, I mean, listen, the big favorites cover, that usually is where the public often goes. And even San Francisco, the underdog that that won. Um, we all I loved thought, it. I, well, I thought that that was, but you know what was, was wild, dude? It was that you know, when we did the picks on the show, it was plus three. It was plus three pretty much the entire week. It was three and a half before the game. And I'd been staring at that money line all week at plus 128. Ten minutes before the game, it had moved to plus 155. Um, and uh, listen, that was when I got in. I tweeted it out. A number of other people I did saw it that too, tweet, sort of yeah. last minute. So, I mean, a very nice line movement for people that were, uh, were looking at the 49ers. Um, as far as that game goes, I mean, I pretty much laid it out. Two good teams. <laughs> The 49ers were on a big of a roll. And if you're telling me that I can bet in an NFL playoff game with Kyle Shanahan against Mike McCarthy, I'm taking it each and every day. And, uh, you know, once again, preparation, lack of awareness, execution, coaching, all of those things ended up sinking the Cowboys in a game that they had no business even being in in the fourth quarter. But Jimmy G decided to uh, be charitable and kind of give them that opening to get back in the game. I mean, what a disaster for the Dallas Cowboys. That was ridiculous. I mean, first of all, you're right. I thought the Niners should have been up 21 nothing. You know, like they moved the ball well. We're in some spots where they probably could have gone for it, decided to take some field goals, get some points. I guess in the end, they ended up getting enough. Dallas should have never got back into the game. It was basically gift wrapped for them. And then hearing the debate, I mean, before my show here in Edmonton, ESPN's on with uh, Keyshawn and Jason Williams and Max Kellerman, they had Orlovsky on today, and this debate back and forth on, you know, was it the right play to even call it and how do you exit? The bottom line is if you're going to call that play, with 14 seconds left, everything has to be executed to a T. And instead, nothing was. I mean, Dak ran the ball too far. He stayed up on his feet for too long, got back up, didn't hand the ball to the official. And by the time the official comes in to actually do his job, Dak after the game is talking about how, you know, he's getting bumped. He thought he still had time. It was a mess. It was an absolute mess. Dak Prescott needs to execute that much better. I didn't like the call anyway. I can see people trying to justify, you know, if he goes and takes 10 yards, they get maybe two shots at or, or at least one shot from 25 yards out, as opposed to maybe a Hail Mary in that situation. I also hated the way Dak acted after the game when he said, oh, you know, credit to the fans for throwing stuff at the officials. Like it was the officials that cost them this game. It was a bunch <laughs> of pre-snap penalties. That's not on the officials. And the official coming in and trying to get the ball and do his job isn't on him either. All I could think about after that game last night, listen to Dak's post game is that this dude's not a winner. I'm not going to say he's a loser, but he's not a winner. They're never going to win a Super Bowl with Dak Prescott. Mark that down on January 17th. That guy just doesn't get it.
Well, and uh, and Mike McCarthy's the gift that keeps on giving to people betting against him in the playoffs. Just ask Aaron Rodgers, who probably should have <laughs> another two or three Super Bowl rings. And uh, and all you need to do is look at the Packers' record in the last few years of Mike McCarthy to what they've done since Matt Lafleur taking over. They go thirteen and yep. three every single year. Now they're the now they're the one seed. Uh, the one seed again. Um, you know, we'll have time on the lock shop this week to kind of look ahead to those games going forward. But um, as far as the night game last night. Um, you know, kind of a, a, a pedestrian start for the Chiefs, a couple three and outs, um, Pittsburgh doing absolutely nothing offensively. And then TJ Watt gets that fumble, takes it in, and all of a sudden it's 7 nothing. And, you know, I was sort of feeling the same way I felt uh, in the West Final when, uh, you know, the Bombers should have probably been up 14 nothing, And all of a sudden the Riders are up 7 nothing. You're like, wait a second, are we going to have a game here? Uh, yeah. Not so fast. <laughs> five touchdowns in 10 and a half minutes of game time. The previous record in playoff history was Brady with five touchdowns in 25 minutes. Um, That was a show. I mean, and in some ways they took big Ben to the glue factory and, and had some fun doing it. Um, A big man touchdown, Kelsey throwing for a touchdown. Um, And essentially in the course of about 25 minutes of the game, they went from it being a game to it being a complete laugher uh, and now they're getting ready to host the uh, high-powered Bills in the game of the week next week on Sunday night. That was impressive. I mean, it was fun to watch. There's no doubt about it. I mean, it's ridiculous when like Patrick Mahomes post game is talking about, oh, Kelsey didn't pass it to me. <laughs> they said not pass. I'm just like, man, you guys have it good right now. Like this is a playoff game and you're treating it like it's a preseason game with the way that they played last night. And I, I had Jarek McKinnon for one touchdown and I also had him on two and the two was paying nice. And I was just like, come on, guess another McKinnon <laughs> touchdown. I settled for one, which was an okay return. But uh, yeah, man, it's the same. I mean, look with the way the bills roll and the chiefs roll, this game, I mean, I, I can't. I have no words to describe Buffalo, <laughs> Kansas City this week. It is going to be a phenomenal football game. I cannot wait for it. Yeah, this could be the game of the playoffs. To be honest, I mean, yep, um, right. you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, I think you know the Super Bowl should be a great matchup, regardless of who ends up there. But this is the game everybody wants to see. It'll be prime time on Sunday Night Football. I cannot wait. Dustin Nielsen's with us. Uh, I don't, I don't know where this came from. A lot of people are wanting some tennis picks. Uh, we will get to some Aussie Open picks for tomorrow on the lock shop. Don't you worry. I will have a few. That's Maybe your we'll thing, Huss. That's your thing. Yeah, we're yeah. just about getting into wide world wagering time of the season. So we'll uh, we'll touch on the tennis tomorrow for sure on it. Um, and I do say, we'll kind of get to this when we get to the cool bet lines later on in the program, but uh, we do have a Canadian parlay uh, that has been boosted up to plus 400. I think it's Felix to win. Uh, Layla to win, that. and Rebecca Marino. And Marino would be the one that would be more of an underdog, but we talked with John Horn last week. Um, she's going to good. So I will certainly be getting on that. So if you want to check that out over at Cool Bet, you will. Uh, before we go, uh, most people listening to either of our shows know that especially over the course of the pandemic, we have both become draft specialists, drafting pretty much anything. You, this, this draft that you're doing on Wednesday is going to be an all-timer, folks. Uh, just l lay it out, what, what's going on uh, for us, if you will. Well, I'm watching morning. the game Saturday. They lose to uh, Ottawa. I'm like, man, this has been mistake after mistake after mistake. So we haven't done this yet. We're going to do it on Wednesday at 9.05. It's an emergency draft uh, with the losing streak. Right now. We're going to draft 
the worst mistakes the Oilers have made over the last 30 years. And one guy texted in this morning on my show and said, what is, so uh, this is one of those four-hour drafts? And I was just like, no, it's not a four-hour draft. We're going to do it. It's myself, Eric, uh, Low Tide, and Tom Gazzola. We'll probably, this is a sad thing, we'll probably go eight rounds. Like, that's more than enough. Eight rounds is 32 picks. And, buddy, I mean, we're the team that goes undrafted is going to be you know, a great bunch of mistakes as well. So we, I said on my show, we're going to do this. We're going to talk about all these mistakes for one hour. And then I'm not going to mention any of them the rest of the season. And then, you know, get to the off season and see what happens, I guess. But it's uh, going to be fun. Is there a clear cut number one pick? I, I don't think there is. Years, 30 years doesn't include the Gretzky trade. It's, so it's post Gretzky because they did win a cup after Gretzky. Yeah. So, I mean, if we included that, it would be the first overall pick. So I don't think, I don't think it's clear cut. I mean, you got Taylor Hall for Larson. You got Jerome for Spooner is an all timer. I don't know how you pulled that <laughs> off. Spooner didn't even play in the NHL ever again after like the nine games he played with the Oilers. So, I mean, that one's always drove me nuts, but there's a lot worse. The Griffin Reinhardt trade. It's it goes, buddy. This is going to be great. We don't an hour might not be enough to be honest with you. You know, I'm so glad you've got low tight in on this. I'll be making oh, a point of listening tight, to that. Low tight walked into the studio today and he goes, um, so I'm ready. <laughs> I said, really? He goes, all you have to do is read my blog for like the last 15 years. He goes, I got this thing covered. So he is the <laughs> betting favorite heading into this one. Oh man. I can't wait for it. Uh, listen, thanks so much for doing this, dude. I'll talk to you tomorrow in the lock shop. And then Friday we'll get ready for, uh, you know, honestly, I think the best weekend of football of the season usually is the divisional round of the playoffs. You've got four games, the top eight teams. It's going to be great. And uh, we'll see what happens tonight, whether I can get one back at you and get both go five and one or whether you <laughs> will be doing a touchdown dance tomorrow. Going Rams minus four, six and oh, <laughs> Rams minus four. Matthew Stafford, you've let me down for a decade. Not tonight. Not tonight. Let's do it. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Great having you on the program. Yeah. See you later, man. Give him a follow at Nielsen TSN twelve sixty, and then make sure to join us tomorrow on the Lock Shop. We'll get going about noon. Check my Twitter, Dusty's Twitter. We'll have that live for you, and make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Just search Lock, search lock Shop wherever you're getting Winnipeg sports talk. All right, we do have a few things to get to. Um, we'll get to the cool bet lines with Michael Remus in just a moment. Uh, a big thanks to Little Brown Jug for their sponsorship of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Had a few uh, 1919s on the weekend. Man, they're amazing. But I will say this. You might want to, if you haven't already, try that winter variety pack they've got going on right now. Four of their favorite winter beers available right now at your local bottle shop. And, of course, you can also check out that Brute IPA, specially brewed for the fifth anniversary last month for Little Brown Jug. Uh, pop by the uh, uh, the brewery and tap room on William Avenue. Back open up tomorrow. Or just simply place your order with citywide delivery at littlebrownjug.ca. We're going to get going for curling. I see Mitch asking about Scotty's odds over at Cool Bad. I'm sure those will come out. I believe the event starts on the 28th, so probably a few days beforehand. We'll get some numbers. Uh, we're hopefully going to catch up with potentially Carrie Anderson and a few of the other curlers heading into the event on our Princess Auto Curling Reports over the next week. You can tell you, though, Princess Auto, proud sponsor of Jen Jones' team, representing Canada at the Beijing Olympics, Mike McEwen's squad, and, of course, of the sport, both here in Manitoba and across the country. And Princess Auto is also where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Nationally based right here in Winnipeg, two locations in Winnipeg. And of course, you can shop online 24-7, 365 over 
at princessauto.com. And a big Monday nighter, a playoff Monday nighter for the first time ever. Great night to pop in with the gang over at Boston Pizza. Those uh, ice cold schooners, Boston's wings, gourmet pizzas, and more available for you with the big game at all locations. Or maybe you want to stay home, order in from BP, call your local location, or go online at bostonpizza.com. Some great game day meals as well, especially that wing lovers deal. Got a couple people that love wings. Get on that. Uh, it's all there at bostonpizza.com. And of course, you can order at bostonpizza.com as well. All right, let's get Remus back in here. Uh, fun show today. Lots of hilarity in the chat throughout. And um, listen, a great stuff with Dusty. Uh, he's on fire. He's in a great mood right now, despite the fact that, uh, speaking of fires, that is essentially what their text line and call line was today. As you can imagine where Oiler fans are at right now, Remus, it just keeps getting worse incredibly for that club that collapse on saturday night was something else yeah i mean i uh i saw the those are winning 3-1 and i kind of didn't didn't watch i mean i had watched <laughs> nfl all day so i wasn't about to turn on no oilers sends but then you texted me just like writing lol and i checked the score i was like <laughs> oh they're losing 4-3 well and then uh they ended up losing and I pulled, I, I did, I'm like, what would Hustler do? I turned on the TSN 1260 post-game show, and they're like, <laughs> we just can repeat like what we've been saying now for the last week. So uh, I really enjoy the Oilers fans' misery, um, you know, being from here, of course, and um, just seeing, like, I think this is kind of what you predicted. They didn't get a goalie. The improvements they made to the defense, I mean, I mean, if you're acquiring Duncan Keith from, like, eight years ago, yeah, that's a pretty good ad, but Duncan Keith, uh, today for that cap hit, maybe not not the play. So uh, I'm curious how it's going to shake out. I think the Oiler fans are screaming for them to make a change at head coach or have the GM go in and bring in a goalie, but they're not doing anything. So I don't know why anyone would expect it to be different, but it is extremely entertaining. But through all this, I feel you know pretty bad for uh, Connor McDavid. You're wasting the prime of his career. He seems to be completely just... I know, really, really upset with the whole thing. I mean, how you don't go in there and pound your fists on the table and be like, hey, man, like, Ken, I've been here for a while. You guys haven't improved at all. Like, we've actually taken a step back. Let's let's do something here. Like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. It's funny. They're in uh, Palm Springs for the uh, for the meeting, though. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. They're, uh, you know, just uh, checking in on the pro scouting and and whatnot. I mean, the crazy thing about that game is, and, you know, McDavid's availability afterwards <clears throat> Is that they scored four goals? Connor uh, Connor McDavid had zero yes. and zero for zero and was minus two in the game. So I mean, it's sort of weird. I mean, you get a goal from Zach Cassian. Brendan Perlini scored. Kyler Yamamoto got one. Um, you got one from Darnell Nurse on defense, uh, and you had a two goal lead going into the third period. Um, you know, tough questions for McDavid. No one's ever going to suggest that he's not pulling his weight, but as Dusty mentioned, I mean, this hasn't been the best of Connor McDavid uh, going on right now. And man, they need it. I mean, they need everyone to get better right now. So, um, mm -hmm. but yes, you mentioned I did take in that post game show afterwards just because I knew how atomic it was going to be. And then thinking about that, and maybe this is a very perverse thing that I do enjoy this, doing. Yes. But, but finding post game shows of teams that are <laughs> struggling or even worse, bottoming out. The first thing I did on Monday or on Sunday morning, I got up. I didn't even get out of bed. I leaned over. I grabbed my iPad and I searched for the Patriots for the Patriots post game show podcast. 
<laughs> and I went and listened to 50 glorious minutes of Boston radio breaking down the most humiliating loss in the Belichick era. And it was absolutely glorious. I can't believe that you put in the effort to do that. First that's, thing I did. You're sick. First thing I did in the morning. You're, that's, you got a problem, man. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it was entertaining. I mean, again, when you have, uh, when you have the other team doing trick plays to O-linemen and a blowout, that's just adding even more embarrassment to was, uh, what was a horrible loss for the Patriots. So. It was my favorite post-game show since listening to the Leafs post-game show after losing game seven to the Habs earlier yeah, this oh. spring. You got that, a per- was, that was level. This is a sick hobby that you have, enjoying <laughs> other people's misery. Um, one thing I, I want to mention about the NFL, um, I, lo- I don't know if you watched the Nickelodeon broadcast yesterday. It was on TSN 5. I did check out some of the slime time. I, I watched a good portion of that game and then uh, went and watched the second half down mm-hmm. at a uh, local watering hole I, before the Chiefs I was game. tuned in pretty much the whole game except for, I think, the final you know, the final bit, I went to the, uh, the CBS broadcast, but I love alternate broadcasts. We're getting one tonight with the, uh, with the Manning bros. We're actually having the rock on. Uh, what? Yeah. Dwayne Johnson. Oh, I didn't know we got Manning, Eli and Peyton in for yeah. the playoff game tonight. And the yeah. rocks coming on. Oh, that's amazing. But, but uh, the Nick broadcast, uh, I love the announcers, uh, Noah Eagle, Nate Burleson and uh, Gabby from Nickelodeon calling the game, doing all these funny, like, kid-focused analogies. They have the slime monster, the slime in the end zone, the SpongeBob, cool effects on stuff. So I, I think loved it's when great. SpongeBob, like, they had to kick it, and they had yeah. the SpongeBob was in, and then if the if the kick was good, then yeah. he smiled afterwards. I thought, anyway, they did some really, really neat things. And, you know, as much as it was geared towards kids, I think that that sort of a broadcast has some real benefits for, you know, people that maybe don't understand the game as much as, you know, maybe you're new, maybe you maybe you're from another country and you haven't had that sort of a background growing up watching football. Uh, but I mean, I really do think that there is some potential for that, even in other sports as well. I mean, would you be doing it all the time? Maybe not. Um, but uh, the combination of it all I thought was a hit. Um, you know, it's a lot of fun to talk about. It looks weird. It's nice to do for one game. And you mentioned Nate Burleson one of the rising stars in all of broadcasting. I mean, he was a mainstay on Good Morning Football for the last few years, and now he's moving up to bigger and better things. Um, I believe he's on, like, Good Morning. The only like, one of the, like, the Good Morning shows, like, not sports shows, but just variety shows. I mean, he's doing that well. And then, as the guy that was calling the game yesterday, just, you know, clicked so well with those younger people from Nickelodeon that were yeah. on it. And, uh, and it was a really, really neat viewing experience, not to mention all the wild stuff with the slime and the touchdowns and some of the other fun things that they were able to do graphically. Yeah, they had uh, 600 pounds of slime, uh, apparently, at the game. <laughs> That's what they kept talking on the broadcast. But yeah, it was, it was awesome. So uh, I think they, they did it last year, too. So I'm looking forward to, to uh, the next one of that. But uh, yeah, that was a cool. I just wanted to mention that broadcast. But also get in the rock on uh, the Manning cast tonight. The, I don't know how I feel about this Monday night game. Uh, I've been watching football all weekend. Like, do I need? I mean, I'm looking forward to the game. I'm going to watch it, but I'm kind of, I'm kind of torn on this. Hus. Well, I mean, what's the other option? Not I having a football game. Games, I'll take the game. Thank three, you very much. Three games Saturday. Exactly. Yeah, you'll take the extra game. Three games Saturday. I don't know. I, yeah. No. I. I I'm. I, listen. I love this. I mean, even if, as we said, like the re- why the Eagles and Steelers were in the playoffs, I mean, again, I guess they got an extra game. 
those two seeds got a chance to, you know, run it up and get ready for a big game at home next week. Um, but overall, I'm really looking forward to this game. We'll get to this game in a minute, actually, when we get to the cool bet lines. Um, but can, can, we got to talk about Fitz. Oh, so yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick last night, uh, oh, folks. Um, you know, we were all, and I shout out to Riley Mara, who does such a great job with the Bombers digital team tweeted this out yesterday but uh there was some lucky whitehead vibes at uh at the bills game on saturday of course former bills quarterback ryan fitzpatrick decided to show up we knew how cold it was and there is fitz if you're looking with us on youtube no shirt tarps off at an outdoor playoff game in january in buffalo showing that, uh, you know, he may have left the Bills a long time ago. This is where he started his career, had a great run there, signed his first big contract with the Bills. Uh, still some love for the Mafia and getting it on with those maniacs at the stadium. And uh, certainly he's a guy that probably took it on the chin a few times from the Patriots over the years. I'm sure he was loving it. But um, the fact that he was shirtless at the Bills game makes him one of the number one fans of Wild Card Weekend. Yeah, that's... Man, it was, so, it was pretty cold there. What was it? It was in the, what, zero Fahrenheit? I think that's cold. Yeah. So Oh, big time. Um, I can't imagine. I mean, I saw people shirtless at the West Final here, and I was like, these people are nuts. So I, would, I wouldn't go shirtless. I don't think I would go shirtless, like, if it was 30 degrees. So uh, even when it's my, in, the my, in the negative, you got to be crazy. So good for him. Uh, it's pretty cool. Some good stuff on social media <laughs> from Fitz. Yeah, no doubt. No. What a legend. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick back in Buffalo on the weekend. Um, all right. Hey, our friends at Nick and Nikki are ready to go for another week. Of course, right now they're featuring the Buffalo Chicken Fingers, a new addition to uh, the lineup of options at the local DQs. Four locations. DQ Niverville, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and of course the DQ on St. Anne's, which now is open year round and doing Uber Eats and Skip the Dishes deliveries. Uh, I've always been partial to the honey barbecue chicken fingers, which have been one of my favorite uh, items for a long time. Definitely getting into the buffalo ones. If you uh, do like that flavor, they're phenomenal. Uh, check out that ultimate grill burger and more. And of course, if you're looking for a cake for your next event, just hit them up on Instagram. DQ Manitoba, at DQ Manitoba. Throw them a message. Uh, let them know what you want on it, the size and everything, and they'll have it ready for you. Quick and easy pickup at any of the four nick and nikki dqs um hopefully you all uh, had a great weekend which might have included a few cocktails with some friends uh, nothing better than the great taste of canadian club the official whiskey of the winnipeg blue bombers and a proud supporter of winnipeg sports talk is our go-to spirit um great i believe it was jets fan dan that was the uh, big winner of the marble race we're getting some great new uh, hoodies coming up with our friends at Canadian Club as well. Make sure you join us for our next Marble Race, finishing off this week, next Friday, heading into a busy weekend for the Jets with two matinee games and then four big football games uh, for the uh, the NFL in the divisional playoffs. Again, Canadian Club, pick it up at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts. And while you're there, check and see if there's any more of those commemorative Jim Beam Blue Bomber glasses free with a purchase of Jim Beam. All right, let's get to uh, let's get to the cool bet lines. And uh, I know Tikona Polly and many of you were asking about the um, the Aussie Open tennis. I'll be honest; I'll be getting to tennis picks and maybe some sprinkles after the program today. Uh, but if you go to the boosted odds specials right now at Cool Bet, 
Um, this is probably the most fun bet to make, and it's boosted up to four to one, which ironically was the same number that we won with the lock shop on the weekend. Felix Oje Aliasim money line, Leila Annie Fernandez money line, and Rebecca Marino money line. And uh, I think we feel pretty good about Felix and Layla. Let's just see what Rebecca Marino's odds are for her game, as it were. Going down here, our Marino. Here we are. So she's a plus 175 underdog. So not a massive, massive dog, but, you know, not favored to win. Um, so, yeah, to get that boost along with Felix and Layla Annie, that'll be good. I will be on that. If you get to cool bet, just click on boosted odds specials. And that's the uh, Canadian parlay today from the Australian Open. Let's check the National Football League. Tonight's line, I know when we did it earlier this week, it was Arizona plus four. It's now plus three and a half. If you're betting the game tonight, Dusty and I are on it as a four points. That was what we did for the lock shop. Um, and the Rams, actually, if you're putting at minus three and a half for the Rams, you're getting plus money, a plus 102 on that number. Total for the game is 49 and a half. Um, and if you want to do uh, maybe a same game parlay, that's where you try the bet builder and you can add in, um, you know, whether you like, uh, you know, some passing props, rushing, receiving, along with who you who in the game. You want to add the total in, juice it up and get a big number and have a bunch of things to follow all the game. Bet builder is the way you do that over at CoolBet. Um, early lines right now for the uh, other games on the weekend. Of course, the Buccaneers are going to be hosting the winner of tonight's game. In the early game on Sunday, Sunday's late game, the finale next week is Bills Chiefs, and the Chiefs have opened at two and a half point home favorites, uh, essentially a pick em or maybe a slight lean towards Buffalo if this was on a neutral field. The Packers have opened up as five and a half point home favorites against the San Francisco 49ers, and the Tennessee Titans open laying three and a half against Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. So uh, if you do like the Bengals, you can get more than a field goal uh, betting them on the road next week. Um, that'll be the early game. Cincy, Tennessee, Saturday afternoon. Packers, Niners, Saturday night. 3.30 uh, is the Bills, or sorry, Bills Chiefs, seven or 5.30 on Sunday. Uh, and the game earlier will be a two o'clock start between Tampa at home and the winner of tonight's Cardinals-Rams game. Uh, no uh, no lean on this game tonight, Remo? Are you taking the points, or uh, what, what, what are you thinking about this uh, Cards-Rams game? I think I'm going Rams. I'm going Rams. Uh, I will lean them. I'm more into the, uh, into the props here, uh, as I like to play uh, the Daily Fantasy. I like, uh, I like Zach Ertz score a touchdown. I think he's, what was he, plus, plus 190, plus 1,200 for first uh first td so uh i'm big uh big zach Ertz guy tonight if you're on dfs i'll tell you what feinberg always throws out his props and he always takes tight ends to uh, to mm -hmm. score first and man uzoma got the first one for the bengals i believe it was dawson knox that had the first win for uh first one for the uh the bills on the weekend yes Could be wrong did. about that because there was so many touchdowns but i'm pretty sure that was the first was. one so um as I say, maybe that maybe that tight end prop, not a bad idea for an anytime mm. score and maybe the first score as well. Of course, use the promo code WST over at CoolBet on your first deposit and uh, I'll give you a bonus, 100% up to 200 bucks over at CoolBet.com. Uh, and Remo, of course, tomorrow, 
Jets start this road trip. Huge game against the Washington Capitals. We'll have the latest on the club coming out of the morning skate. And uh, very much looking forward to talking about this great season the Moose are putting together with head coach Mark Morrison, who's going to join us on the show as well. Yeah, Finn, finding some time for us after uh, after practice. So that's pretty cool. And we can chat with him about how. I mean, how do you keep winning, but there's no continuity with the roster? How, what's, the, what's the secret here? So maybe he's got some answers for us. I'm looking forward to that. No doubt about it. Uh, so, yeah, going to be a great show tomorrow, folks. Make sure you join us. I see Kabilis is here. Jeff, I'm riding with you. Let's go cards. Um, even if you don't win, make sure you cover that four points. Um, should be a great game. And, yes, Jeff, you have been spoiled lately. Your Bombers won the Grey Cup. Georgia won the national championship and good things happen in three. So maybe you'll get that playoff win for Kyler Murray and the Cardinals tonight. Seven uh, 15, I believe is kickoff this evening. Uh, we'll be able to wrap that and the full first round of the playoffs tomorrow. I'll probably bring a guest on to talk about that. We'll have the latest on the jets and Mark Morrison, head coach of the Manitoba moose on tomorrow's edition of Winnipeg sports talk daily. Uh, big thanks to all of our sponsors, including the Nick and Nikki DQ Group, Coolbet, Canadian Club, Little Brown Jug, Princess Auto, Boston Pizza, Manitoba Battery, Royal Sports, Not Auto Corp, Culligan Water, Vita Health Fresh Market, and of course our friends over at F Apparel. Big thanks to Michael Remus for doing a great job getting us on and off the air and being such a big part of Winnipeg Sports Talk, and of course Dustin Nielsen and Jeff Hamilton for joining us on today's show. Folks, have a great night. Uh, by the way, heads up, getting a ton of snow, and then it's going to get really cold, so govern yourselves accordingly. Uh, but regardless of what the weather's like, you know where your boys are going to be every day at 1 o'clock right here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Thanks for listening and joining us, and we'll see you tomorrow. Oh, my God! Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.